get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the opening drive. Brooke Brimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. No Randy Carricker today. He will be back tomorrow conveniently for Wednesdays with Wayno because that will be a lot of fun to chat with Wayno tomorrow. You know why, CD? Did he do something? I think did he Wayno, did something did last he, what night. What happened? What, did I miss something? Uh, oh, you know, just casually picking up 200 yeah. career wins for Adam Wainwright. Congratulations yes. yeah. to the Cardinals yeah. legend. And it was seven shutout innings from Adam Wainwright. Season best for him, by the way. His defense working behind him, CD. The bullpen doing their part and his battery mate, Wilson Contreras, providing the Cardinals... Only run that they needed in the fourth inning. On a roll. Lamp ball hammered down the line. Did he keep it fair? He did. A line drive over. And he watched it roar out of the ballpark. It's one nothing, St. Louis. All of that coming together for this moment. Cardinals legend. Adam Wainwright picking up career win number 200, as we mentioned. Here's a call from Chip Carey last night, welcoming Adam Wainwright to the exclusive club. Popped him up. Edmund is out. Adam Wainwright, welcome to the 200 win club. Just listening to the crowd there, CD, the crowd showing why they are the best fans in baseball. That was just electric. It felt like a playoff atmosphere last night. It it did. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. It felt like an important victory. Um, And our fans are extremely knowledgeable. They understand the moment. They understood what was going on. I just thought that was a great thing for all parties involved. The fact that Wilson Contreras is the one that hits the home run, the Mm -hmm. solo home run. He's the one that uh, helps lead Adam Wainwright to the 200th victory. You know, all of the things that we've talked about all year kind of coming to fruition at the end. It's not it's not been pretty. It has not been great. It has been frustrating for most Cardinal fans and players. But to see that 200 win, as you said, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. It felt like important baseball in September that we crave here in St. Louis. And last night we got a taste of it. And so, you know, hats off to Adam Wainwright. We have seen him really the highest of highs and lowest of lows this season uh, because that was he's he's been fighting through and, and to, to yeah. get the win I thought was spectacular for him and it's been a terrible season there's no way to sugarcoat this <laughs> yes. this has been a bad season to be able, but to be able to hit that milestone last night I think says a lot and also great job by John King or John King and Ryan Helsley to get the job done out of the pen to secure the victory and help Wayno join that exclusive Cardinals winner circle that involves Bob Gibson He's a big deal. 251 Mm -hmm. career victories. Jesse Haynes, 210. And now Adam Wainwright with 200 wins. So what does this mean for him? 
That sounds real good. It, it took me a little while to get there, but it made me savor it even more. You know, I, I just, uh, I'm so glad I got to do it here in front of our home crowd. So glad these fans were unbelievable for me tonight. There was times where, you know what, just being honest, I was tired out there and they got me through it. So um, just, man, what a night, what a night, you know. I was glad I got to deliver for the guys tonight. That was just such a beautiful emotional moment. And yeah. also, if you watch, you could see Wilson Contreras in the background just watching and Ali Marmal, the other guys too, even the Brewers staying and just yeah. watching everything, you know, happen there. And seeing Wilson Contreras, though, crying, like, did you notice that? He was crying he, he, and he, was crying in his post-game interview. That was just such a beautiful moment. He understands uh, the importance of what took place. And I mean, that's probably, it's been an emotional roller coaster ride for uh, him all season yeah. as well to have all of the things that were said. Was it April? Was, were we that early like, in the season that, that, that so we were? Long ago. We moved on from Wilson Contreras as the yeah. catcher, and now he's the solo home run hitter in Adam Wainwright's 200th win and the battery mate for that game. I just feel like that was an emotional time for him. As, as a Cardinal showing, you know what, I deserve and I belong in this position as well. I mm-hmm. wanted to be here. I am happy to be here. Adam Wainwright was happy to get the win. It, it was it was an emotional night for, for all parties because to fight through all of the adversity, that, that's the thing about sports that I love. Yes. Is... Yeah, it's cool when you when you win, you know, in football forty to nothing. That's fun. Yeah, but when of you when you fight through like what the Giants did when you're down all game and come back and win the game, that's fighting through adversity and coming out on the right side of things. It makes it feel that much better, and that's what this season has been for Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright fighting through adversity and coming through on top in the end. And think about how many tries it took him to get one ninety nine. It even... felt like two hundred might not have been possible this season, but just for all of it to come together. You're you're mentioning Wilson Contreras and everything that he also went through this season. And you can see how much he cares about this team. Mm-hmm. And also Adam Wainwright. Here's what he had to say in the post. Whew, he's been grinding through this season. I'm really glad that he pitched this year to reach through 200 wins. I've been emotional the whole game. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I felt that to, tonight was a night for him to, to go out here and do his job, especially against a good team like the Brewers. And man, just he feels so good that and, and, and I'm proud of him because I know he's, he's doing his best. And that showed me how, mo- how much he loves this team and how much he loves this city. I mean, if that doesn't pull at your heartstrings, I don't know what will. I, I don't. You, you might be soulless. You might not have some. The, the old ticker might not be working I right for like you. I feel like with some people, because of the way the season went, and remember all those people coming out of the woodworks, and I know that there were still some on social media last night saying, what does this mean? Yeah. What does 200 career wins mean? I think it means a lot. You're a part of history. This season is not just because of what happened with Adam Wayne, right? There were so many things that fell through. But to be able to have that moment last night yeah. and seeing the fans' reaction, if it didn't matter, you wouldn't have had that reaction Correct. from fans last night. Correct. He's the 30th pitcher in National League history to reach 200 career wins. Special. 122nd pitcher in baseball history to also reach that feat. That is huge. That is a moment to celebrate, especially when you've been through all that this season. And think about everything that Adam Wainwright has done for the Cardinals and their history. I mean, to think about how he had to fight through. He he was he ain't got nothing left in the tank to throw. He's not throwing 95 miles per hour. He's throwing 88 mile per hour fastballs up there. <laughs> he dropped down to like a 72 mile per hour curveball. That I mean, it, it's the varying in speeds is is drastic, but the fact that the fastball didn't have and doesn't have 
gas. Eh? <laughs> the, the, I, I was saying this. He's the, still the fact doing that. He's yeah. still able to. Every single analytics department should look at themselves and figure out you do not have to throw fast or have the high velocity to have success. That's what you're looking at me crazy, Rock. Okay, that's fine. But every single every single analytics department wants people to throw gas. How fast did Greg Maddox throw? Did he top? No, 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 no. Did he top 95? He was at 92 tops. One of the greatest pitchers to ever play this game. The mindset that you have to throw 100-plus to have success. It's one game for Adam Wainwright. I understand that. But we have seen pitchers have success. All I'm trying to bring it back to is the dumb analytics that we deal with every single day and understand that baseball is not about numbers. It's about people. There and there go. is no way in this world that anyone in an analytics department would have said Adam Wainwright, based on how he pitched, this entire season would ever have gotten to 200 wins. He fought through adversity all all year and all last night. Oh, and I'll, so, therefore, you got to tip your cap to him. I'll be the devil's advocate with the numbers. Of course you um, will. <laughs> well, Is this shocking? This right. might be the least <laughs> shocking thing. Analytical, analytical people would have pointed at things like spin rate on his fastball and How his many- curveball. Just let me... And, it, and, and the numbers around his curveball drop and things like that. Let me ask you a People question. People would have, hold on a second. That's what the analytical community would have dinged Adam Wainwright for. Can because even the analytical community is well aware that 100 miles per hour with no spin is a very hittable ball. So the spin rate was good on the 88 mile per hour fastball? For his, for his career, that's how he yesterday. beat that. It would be. No, no, uh, no, no. No, his numbers this year have so, so So tell me how the, the Brewers were unable to score a run. Their offense isn't very good. Is that what it is? Where are oh, they Where are they okay. at in the division? It's. I mean, they're tops of the division, but okay, their, offense so, so, been, so, their offense has been so middling, not good. middle of the pack. Their offense isn't their good, offense has been number one in the division. Their okay, offense has been sense. middle of the pack, sure. RBI, uh, runners in scoring position, OPS, the entire season. Where are they at in the division? They're winning it. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> what are we talking about? So ask me a question. So you heard it here first. It was a good answer. Somebody in this room is not excited about 200 career victories because that's what I heard. That's That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's what's happening here. No, you dare. We're talking about a beautiful moment, something that felt like a playoff atmosphere, and then here comes the. Karen just kind of wild off and painting analytics with a wide brush, and I hear that. Just comes the storm, like coming in, and the dark cloud. Well, what about this with the numbers? Okay, you know what? Maybe three, one, four. Rock legit, the most negative dude ever. <laughs> How am I being negative? I'm trying to tell Carrie that there's people out there who have jobs all across America who oh, are doing useless things. It, it is, it's kind of useless. No, it's not. It is. It kind of is. Just because, just because, it certain, is. because certain people use no, it wrong does it, not it make it is useless. useless. No, it kind of is. Stop it. Yeah, the numbers don't matter. Well, luckily we're going to be able to talk about this more in the next segment because we do have to get into some Monday night football. The kind of meh, boring game. Yes, because I want to. Saints and Panthers. Saints beating the Panthers 20 to 17. Womp, womp, boring. Anyways, I want to talk about the Steelers, Carrie. Your Steelers beating the Browns 26 to 22. But the big story, Deshaun Watson, eh, but Nick Chubb and that injury, I didn't want to see it, but then I was forced to see it a million times on social media. Even when I was trying to avoid it, Carrie, it just kept popping up. I, the, that injury, I, I was glad they didn't show it on on national TV. It was uh, all over social media. You could hear the stadium yes. when they showed it in the stadium. The entire stadium said, "Ooh!" Like you could hear how bad it was. And I think the part of it 
that struck me the most, you could audibly hear Nick Chubb Mm -hmm. yelling, like in pain, in agony. And that to me, you know the severity of injuries based on how players respond. Mm -hmm. If it's, I mean, we get injured a lot. (laughs) We we deal with a lot of injuries and things that that bang you up, nick you up, and, and it hurts. But you don't hear people yelling or screaming. And then when I did, I, I unfortunately went and searched the video and saw it. And I immediately closed it. I turned it off. I couldn't I couldn't stomach it because it was it was a really bad it was a really bad hit. And um, no, prayers out to Nick Chubb. Hopefully he's OK. I, I don't give a give a dang about football right now. I hope yeah. his leg is OK. I hope he's OK and, and recovers from that. And, you know, nothing too severe because. You've seen guys have something like that. Nate, sometimes nerve damage can yes. take place. So I hope everything is okay with his leg uh, and he gets healed and, and he's able to do all of the things he loves to do in life. Well, and the reports are that he's likely done for the rest oh, of the season, which, likely. I mean, it, it's he, very obvious that that's going to be the case. Yeah. But what makes it even worse is that he has dealt with this in the past. Yeah. And so when you're talking about that nerve damage, how hard is that, especially re-injuring basically the same area over and over again? Yeah, like he that? had a dislocated knee, uh, torn ACL, MCL, PCL, I believe, in the past. Um, and anytime your leg gets stuck in the ground like that and someone dives at you in a way where it bends in a way it's not supposed to bend, it's uh, it's tough to watch. It's tough to see. I, like I said, I hope um, he's able to return to, to just normal form, life form, as opposed mm-hmm. to we'll worry about football later. But yeah. I don't know the severity of the injury, but it did not look good at all. Yeah. It, it, it it broke me down a little bit watching it because I know I've seen that happen. I've seen guys get hurt. And again, you understand as a player, the severity of, of injuries when you hear people yelling like that. Yes. And all of the football world, the way that they reacted to, I think says a lot to that because, you know, as you mentioned, you, as soon as you heard and saw it, you knew exactly what that meant. And then seeing the football world react, players reacting, they know, they know what it's going to be. And with the Steelers shoe, just going back to that, other than the whole Nick Chubb story, what did you think about your Steelers' performance last well, night? Defense, I love it, man. I, I, I lo- Listen, T.J. Watt got the sack leader uh, record for Pittsburgh Steelers history, which I thought was amazing. Uh, Alex Highsmith on the other side, I, I've been saying his name for a while. He is mm-hmm. fantastic. And when you get two guys that can rush off of both edges, it puts pressure. I'm, I'm upset that Cam Hayward is hurt because now uh, they have a little bit of a little bit of easiness going up the middle without Cam Hayward there and pushing that pressure as well. But those two coming off of the edge is spectacular to watch. T.J. Watt getting the scoop and score. Highsmith getting the pick six to start the game. They are going to be led by their defense. Kenny Pickett figured some things out. He Just throw the ball to George Pickens. (laughs) (laughs) If all else fails, throw throw, throw the ball to George Pickens. He's pretty dang on good. So give him an opportunity to make a play on the ball and all things will be right. They still got to figure some things out offensively because the running game to me is is putrid. It's tough to watch them run the football. Uh, But all in all, good good team win for them. Good team win versus the uh, versus the division rival. All right. Well, that was Kerry Davis. And coming up a little bit later today, the Blues with a big announcement. We're going to be diving into this at 930. The Blues with a big announcement that they will be officially naming their 24th captain in team history. That press conference will be happening at 1130. You can check in during BK and Ferrario. They will be carrying that announcement. But coming up next, text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Get your text in on what career win number two. 200 for Adam Wainwright means to you. That's coming up next on 101 ESPN.
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. I'm Terry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and we had a spectacular moment last night. Adam Wainwright finally getting 200 wins. We want you all to text in. Let us know what that moment meant to you. 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. You can text in, leave us a mic drop at the 101 ESPN app, and let us know what that moment meant to you. Brooke, what did it mean to you to see Adam Wainwright finally get to 200 wins? Well, one, I think the fact that just seeing him battle through adversity his entire career, and that's something that has made Adam Wainwright last, right? He, that's the reason why you gave him the contract yep. going to the season because not only the adjustments that he's able to make in-game that we've seen throughout his career, but also it, you know, from game to game, the adjustments and even season to season, the adjustments that he made. You talked about his velocity. It's not exactly the stuff that you're used to maybe seeing at the major league level right now, but the way that it is stable, still able to work. And this has not been a good season for Adam Wainwright. But to me, seeing how he has handled this and the way that he, you know, at times, yes, it definitely bothered him. Yep. But he still came on here every single Wednesday and sometimes Thursdays, but that was more scheduling reasons. Mm-hmm. He came on here every single Wednesday, Carrie. And what was his attitude like? Just keep fighting. Just keep plugging. Not, I mean, he was frustrated, obviously, obviously. but just continuing yes. to work and do his craft to the best of his ability. And I think seeing that as hard as this season has been, and I know that there's a lot of young fans that, you know, are looking up to the Cardinals, and I hope that they look up to this moment of Adam Wainwright and say, look, even if things are not going well for me, I should still be able to push through. And being able to experience what it felt like, a playoff atmosphere last night, the best fans in baseball yep. rallying around him. I thought that moment was really funny last night. I texted you guys about it, where Ali Marmal came out to the mound and the fans started booing him. Did you, do you remember that part? The fans started booing him because they thought that they were about to pull him out of the game and yeah. Wills Contreras even said afterwards like oh he's I was thinking that too like surely he's not going to do that but it was just more just to check in on him and discuss strategy but I thought that that moment was really funny because it went from booze to cheers pretty yeah. quickly but you could just see how invested everybody was and even fans at home seeing everybody on social media how invested everybody was into that moment. Adam, as I said, fought through a lot of adversity. He talked about what this season has been like and pretty much holding himself together with duct tape. Yeah, it's been a duct tape kind of year for me. Um, I've had my arm taped a few times tonight. I had my back taped up. Uh, you know, it's just been it's just been really tough. Just everything. You know, when I'm when I'm healthy and going full steam, I can pitch pretty good. You know, I just. Uh, I'm very confident, still confident that I could do that if I was healthy, but I have not been healthy all year. You know, the times that I've felt, felt like I was healthy or getting there, uh, I think it was really just me trying to talk myself into it, you know. Um, but I think that's plain to see. I'm not I'm not telling anything to y'all that you don't already know, but I am, um, I am somewhat proud of the fact that uh, – it's it's hard to keep this guy down, you know. I'm I'm proud. Of, every time I got knocked down, I got back up, and and I got knocked down a bunch. I think the the thing that impresses me the most, and I think this is the thing. If I were 
able to, you know, I, I would tell young kids about how to fight through adversity. I would use this as an example. Exactly. Yeah. I, you are not going to, the, the road is not going to be easy. It's not going to be squeaky clean. There are going to be some hazards, some road bumps, some things, some detours, some things that get in your way to your, your destination. And what he was able to do, he talked about it, the injuries, the amount of times he went out there and had to fight through adversity. I think the most important thing to to remember, though, as a professional athlete, we we tend to be a little bit off. And I mean that in a in a good way. We it's a gift and a curse to be able to believe <laughs> you have to be confident to you, reach that you, listen, level. You yeah. have to believe you can do things even when all the odds are stacked against you, mm-hmm. even when your body is telling you there's no way you're going to get this done. I was taught, we were taught, most athletes have been taught at a long time, at a long, at, at a young age, your mind is the strongest part of your body. It, it, it is, your body will tell you you can't go any further, but your mind mm-hmm. can talk you into it. And I think that's what he's done all season long. His mind, his brain, he has willed himself to this point. And holding himself together with duct tape, uh, <laughs> kinesio tape, I'm sure, just all yeah. over his body, making sure he's able Ice to pitch. packs everywhere. Oh, man. Yeah. He just the day, the, the rigors of a of a game to game, 162 of them, and, and pitching every fifth day has been hard. But it has been fun to get to this point, and I'm, I'm thrilled for Adam Wainwright. And it felt like at times this season that it was going to be really out of reach, that that wasn't going to be possible. You're talking about, you know, the injuries that he's dealt with the season. I mean, it took like, what, 11, 12? tries for him to get to career win number 199 and there was even an IL stint during that span too and think about how he started the season with the World Baseball Classic dealing with an injury after that and then he started the season on the injured list it felt like that goal kept getting pushed back and pushed back and the odds truly were stacked against him do you think if he was being honest with himself and maybe uh, this will be great to talk to him about tomorrow with Wednesdays with Wayno do you think that there was a time this season that he thought that he might not be able to finish the season oh, out? I'm, I'm sure there was a time this season where he thought about just saying, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah. I'm hurting my team. I'm not performing well. It's really bad. He had to shut down his social media at one point, I think right yeah, after the London uh, the <laughs> London trip. It, it Yes, we're re- the, real people. Like you, you, you deal with real things and real emotions, and so there are times where it does feel like, man, maybe this is it. Maybe I shouldn't continue to go back out there. I'm not. I'm not just hurting myself. I'm hurting the team. I'm not mm-hmm. performing well enough. And there are some guys. I'm sure in his mind, he thought there are some guys that probably deserve this moment more than I do right now. And yes, I, I'm sure we'll ask him tomorrow. We'll ask yeah. him how. Was there any point that he felt like maybe just hanging him up and finishing with 198 and saying, I had a great career regardless? (laughs) I'm sure that moment came to his mind at some point. Yeah, it had to have. And so going to the text line now, this one from the 314, we made sure to ask everyone. So text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Text in what number 200 means for you. So 314 says, number 200 for Wayno is bittersweet. So happy for him and well-deserved for such a top-class act kind of guy. I was in tears last night watching him after the game and watching his post-game interview. I feel as if the Cardinals just won the World Series. That's how amazing and sweet the feeling is. And I get what they're saying there Mm -hmm. by bittersweet. Because it did. It felt like September baseball in a good way for the Cardinals last night. It felt like a playoff type atmosphere, but then it wasn't because then you have the reality of what's going to be happening here soon, (laughs) which
which is that that is not going to happen for the Cardinals this year. But to be able to witness Wayno getting that moment, the crowd was so into every single moment. Like I said, that moment with Ollie Marmol going out to the mound was absolutely hilarious. And it worked out. I'll give you another one from the 314. A win is a win, but I'm so glad he did it in dominant fashion. Seven shutout innings. Yes. That I don't think we we haven't even spoke about that. The mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to go that it was vintage Wayne. Had to be yeah. one of his longest outings in a it, I have to look it up. I don't know what his longest outing this season is. Uh August 18th, 2022 was the last time that he went seven innings. The game before that is the last time he went longer than seven. He went yes. nine the game before that on August 12th. So August of last year, pretty, 2022. So it's pretty, a calendar year is the calendar last time yeah. he was able to go seven or, or, or longer. And the defense working behind him. Yes. So props to them for that. The pen, that whole situation. I think some people were concerned when you saw that it was John King coming out and that you were looking to Ryan Helsley for a four out save. I mean, that was some moments where you were like, oh, God, this can go elsewhere. But then it all worked out. Wilson Contreras providing the only run that the Cardinals needed. But the biggest story is that he didn't necessarily need to rely on those things. He was able to provide seven shutout innings, putting the pin in a really good position. It was spectacular, man. I'm I'm, I'm happy for Wayno. I, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. I'm sure he'll be... Uh... He'll be up and ready to ready to talk to us on these airwaves about the moment last night and what it meant to him, uh, what it meant to this team, what it meant to this city. Because it it did, it, Brooke, you hit the nail on the head. It did feel like a playoff atmosphere for a team that is seventeen games back in yeah. the division. <laughs> last I checked, not we really, don't need to look at those not numbers. Really close <laughs> to being in the playoffs, they are very far away. But, but honestly, when's the last time this season that you felt like the Cardinals did have some? It felt like it's been like a while. It has right? been a moment where it felt important. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. it I don't. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I felt. Like there was a an important thing, maybe Mason Wynn being brought up, maybe that moment was, yeah. but it wasn't playoff. Jordan Walker coming back, yeah, but it wasn't playoff atmosphere. That felt like a playoff moment, and it was good because I think when you have those important moments for pitchers that are are pitchers and hitters, when you get those important moments where guys have to come in and shut the door, John King coming in, when you have Ryan Helsley having yes. to close the game, those are real. It's not playoff but there is a, a a an amount of pressure that is applied in that moment and they did a really good job of getting out of those innings i totally agree it was just a beautiful moment and seeing all the fans being able to celebrate with him tears in his eyes wilson Contreras with tears in his eyes and all of mall it was just a very very special occasion and then the celebration from all the video i saw afterwards in the clubhouse yeah they were partying like it was a playoff win good for them very, very, very good for them. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, there have been major injuries, poor play, some big wins. NFL Four Downs is next on the opening drive. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed 
guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. No Randy Carricker today. He is coming back tomorrow. We also have Matthew Rocchio here. And it is time for NFL Four Downs. First down. Kerry? Well, I'm going to start with the injuries. Finishing week two, uh, major injuries. Obviously, week one, you had the Aaron Rodgers injuries. Night, Nick Chubb going down with a potentially, well, definitely a season-ending injury, the way that his knee got bent back. Joe Burrow having some injuries as well to his calf. Not sure if he'll be able to play. Saquon Barkley getting injured with an ankle uh, getting rolled up underneath the pile. I know I'm missing a few, but just the number of star power Mm -hmm. and the injuries that have been associated with them. it's I forgot about J.K. Dobbins also in week one. It's a lot of guys going down. It's only two weeks into the season. And I guess the question sometimes, sometimes Aaron Rodgers injuries, J.K. JK Dobbins injuries, when it's things like that, sometimes you feel like the uh, the ligament or the whatever it is, the tendon may eventually pop. It's going to happen at some point. But, you know, Anthony Richardson getting injured to, with a concussion going down. I don't know if it has something to do with, not playing in the preseason, guys mm. not really taking any of those hits, their first contact being week one, being week two. Um, let's get back to guys really having a game or a game and a half in the preseason. Let, let's get back to that so guys can get their bodies familiar. Your, your first time hitting someone shouldn't be when it really matters, when it really counts. I know they have the 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 practices, the scrimmages, inter-squad scrimmages where they go against other teams. It's a controlled setting. It's not a game. Uh, coaches are on the field. You got to play the game in order to get in shape for the game. And guys aren't doing that anymore. And guys are coming up, you know, coming up injured. I, I would like to see guys play and get healthy and stay healthy. And I remember we we talked about this a few weeks ago about if you would like to see more of these players play in the preseason and you said, yeah, and I think yeah. that this is a big case. I feel like it's also a reason that we're seeing these teams get out to really slow starts. And we've seen with the Bengals last season, sometimes that necessarily doesn't matter. And this season, you don't know what's going to happen with that. But I, I do feel like even with the big money coming in, I know that that's probably a big reason why we're not seeing some of those guys in preseason. It feels like this is why we've gotten off to such a weird start. And what you mentioned, the injuries yep. that you're seeing with guys. Yeah. 
second down. Well, leading into that, and I just talked about the Bengals, they're 0-2 after falling to the Ravens this past weekend. Now, we've seen the Bengals, as I just mentioned there, they have gotten off to slow starts during the Joe Burrow era and last season, 0-2 start, and we saw what happened there. So maybe you don't necessarily panic, and typically you don't, but this feels, CD, just a tad bit different. And I'm saying that because it seems like Joe Burrow, according to reports, is still dealing with that calf injury that hampered him like this off season. Mm -hmm. And we know that that was something that he battled through. And so I know that during the past, or I think he had an ACL, his rookie season that he dealt with an appendectomy last season. And then this July, as I mentioned, a calf injury. And he has all the things, all the pieces together this season, a retooled offensive line and great targets on the outside. Jamar Chase, I mean, he had five catches for like, what, 30 yards, yep. 31 yep. yards. He's only got 10 catches for 70 yards this season. Yeah. And it which looks is one game, a, a half for him. <laughs> yeah. And it looks different with Joe Burrow this season. So my question is, you have two options with Joe Burrow. You just let him kind of continue to battle through this calf injury and you just know that he's not going to be 100 percent because he's kind of insinuated as much or do you put him on the injured reserve for a little bit I don't think you I don't think you put him on the injured reserve because that would force him to miss the next four games but I I do and then they have bye week week seven yeah I do think you have to take a real look at um, what they're going to do this coming up I believe they play on Monday night deciding whether or not he's able to go uh, for this weekend It, it is for me, it's concerning. Does it feel? Does this feel different? This zero and two start. Does it feel a little bit? Yes, different? because he doesn't look healthy, and you saw him using the uh, the massage gun on his calf on the sideline. He's hurt, yes. and you would you were hoping that when he sat that time out in preseason, that his his calf would be healed. I don't know what the injury is. I, I've hurt my calf. I, I I hurt my calf on a Sunday, and played the next Sunday. I I couldn't walk on on Tuesday and Wednesday, but. It just different people, different bodies. I, I don't know yeah. what the injury and the severity of it is. But if it is to the point where he's looking like how he's looking, because he hasn't looked good at all. No. And you would have been probably better suited to have him miss those two games yep. if you knew you were going to lose anyways, and that way he could come back for, for the Rams game. I don't know what they do. And I, I, that's being honest. I don't know if you have them push through it, because you could be potentially be leading to more that. damage. Yeah. Um, but if you sit him out, Against the Rams, the Titans, the Cardinals are are still are. No one has told them that they're supposed to be losing. I think Joshua Dobbs didn't get the memo, as I said yesterday. <laughs> no one informed him. He's trying to, he's trying to secure a job. <laughs> he's okay? like, yeah, yeah, the hell with that. What are you, Caleb who? Caleb Williams? Who is that? Yeah, I don't exactly. care about that. No pompous little L.A. guy is going to beat this rocket <laughs> scientist. He, he's very much. much. No question. I'm from the South Anna rocket scientist. There you go. Me. Yeah. So, <laughs> pretty boy. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, they're playing well, so I don't know what what the solution is right now for the Bengals because they're in a window where they have to win. You're going to have to start paying guys. You just paid Joey B. Mm -hmm. Guys are going to start leaving that franchise because they they won't have enough money to pay them. I'm looking at you, T. Higgins. They're going to have to it Boyd, they're going to have to figure out how to keep these guys on the roster. Joe Mixon, it's going to be a lot of money that has to be dished out. And when you pay the quarterback, it's it's not – it doesn't usually happen. No. And just real quick before we go into yours is three preseason snaps in his career. We're talking about preseason play. Well, he got two AFC, AFC championship games in the Super Bowl. So I'm under his belt. Not a win, but make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Hopefully he'll be okay. I I don't know, though. I, I have no clue. So we'll see. 
third down. <laughs> there were some big wins over the weekend. The New York Giants able to come back from 21 points down. They were they were getting their butts kicked. It, it was bad. Um, 20 points down. The, then the Washington Commanders able to fight back, claw back into that game and get the victory. It's for me. The the NFC, we talked about how how great the AFC was going to be. All of the quarterbacks that were yeah. were there. You got the Justin Herberts, they're 0-2. You got the Joe Burrows and Cincinnati Bengals, they're 0-2. You got Lamar Jackson, who they're 2-0, but nah. You got the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 1-1. The, the Jaguars are 1-1. You got all of these AFC teams that we talked about so heavily going into the season. And the impressive teams this year have been on the NFC side. The Dallas Cowboys, as much as I hate to say it, have been extremely impressive. I didn't want to believe it, CD. Ooh, they have been fantastic to watch defensively. Now, we'll see what they look like um, in week three. They've gone against the New York Jets and the New York Giants for the first two weeks. Well, they get the Arizona Cardinals week three and the Patriots week four. They probably won't get their real test until week five when they go against the San Francisco 49ers, who I think is the other NFC team that is one of the best in the league right now. They're 2-0 also. Their defense is playing at a high level. The quarterback is doing exactly what he needs to do, and he's got weapons all around him. So the NFC has been, for me, the surprising side as opposed to the AFC, which we talked all offseason about the AFC mm-hmm. quarterbacks. It's just kind of been, meh, ho-hum. Other than Tua, who I think is, is in my opinion, the, the favorite right now, early season favorite for MVP, yes. the NFC has been the side that I have been most interested in. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers have been playing extremely well. The NFC East is very intriguing. That is that. Where do you think that that's going to pan out? I, I, I didn't. I didn't think that the NFC. I didn't have much expectations for the for the Washington Commanders at all. None. I, Zero. Or the, the Cowboys. I mean, the Commanders. I, I, let's go yeah. Sam Howell. I didn't think Sam Howell was yes. going to give me anything to think about in terms of <laughs> playing football. He proved me wrong so far. He, I've been proven wrong. The, the, the New York Giants, after they got their butts kicked yeah. the way that they did in week one, and then able to come back mm-hmm. against the uh, against the 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 Arizona Cardinals in the manner in which they did. I thought that that was spectacular on the road, nonetheless. And then you got the Philadelphia Eagles and, and the um, and the Dallas Cowboys in that division, who are both two and zero. The division may be better than I thought. Yeah, and that's that's the bottom line. And maybe the NFC, yes. maybe the NFC conference is better than we all thought because yeah. we all just assumed uh, we got to flip a coin to see who makes it out of the NFC. It doesn't matter because AFC <laughs> got all these quarterbacks. They're so spectacular <laughs> on that side. Who cares? But. They're proving us wrong. Yeah, I I think a great point, too. I think the 49ers were the only one that everybody felt super confident on the NFC side. Other than that, you're like, oh, the Cowboys are always disappointing. And it is week two, so you have to temper expectations, but still. Fourth down. All right, to wrap this up, some big news for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes yesterday. Adam Schefter tweeting out, or Xing out, I guess you could say, that the Chiefs and Mahomes have restructured, restructured his agreement, giving him $210.6 million this season and through 2026, the most money in NFL history over a four-season span. Also, the Chiefs and Mahomes plan to revisit the agreement after the 2026 season. Hats off to the Chiefs for getting this done. When you saw that Justin Herbert deal coming in, when you saw that Lamar Jackson deal coming in, Joe Burrow, that all surpassed Mahomes. It didn't feel right, and the Chiefs 
made it right. He is oh, yeah. the face of their franchise He's and the also the face of the, of the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and for is. them to get that done after you got that Chris Jones deal done, I think says a lot about the franchise and what they're doing and they're building something there they're going to make sure that Patrick Mahomes knows that he's the best player in the NFL knows that he's the best player the face of the franchise face of the NFL and uh make sure that he's taken taken care of yes and he, he deserves it he does he, he he's deserves worth it. every penny we got to make sure if I'm the, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs I got to make sure Travis Kelsey is health is healthy or start to work towards finding a new number one because at some point Travis Kelsey is gonna gonna retire. Yes, and gonna be you know slow down a little bit. I don't think he's to that point yet, but at some point he will. And so we saw how poorly that offense looks without a true number one in Travis Kelsey. They got to figure that out. Hopefully he's healthy for the rest of the season, and they can uh, continue to be the potent offense that they are. That is Kerry Davis. And coming up next, we're going to have Take It or Leave It. So be sure to text in your Take It or Leave It's to air, the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Take It or Leave It is coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. want to say something. Put it out there. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. Randy Carricker is out today. He will be back tomorrow. It is time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Now, that was better. That was much better. We had someone complaining. You guys' brains are broken. There are no cameras. Stop doing the hand motion. No. But we do it. We've done this the entire time, Thank Rock. you. What are you talking about? Why are you, why are you trying to pretend why, like why, we haven't what? been doing this? What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know why, I'll tell you this, Carrie. I don't know why I keep wearing this tuxedo. I, I just, <laughs> me either. I, just, I, I, think, I keep thinking YouTube's going to be it's back too on. too much. I don't oh, know why you keep wearing it. You're overdressed. You've I'm been sorry. doing it every day now. Stop. Oh, For the people. Gosh. Okay. Well, the people can't see us. So we were, uh, take it or leave it. You, you, we know that um, flying in, in airplanes is, uh, you know, it's it can get a little hairy. People are a little crazy. There, there yeah. are things that take place on airplanes and people do certain things. You're stuck on a on a plane with people for a couple of hours that their bodies make sounds, do things, <laughs> yell, jump, all of these sounds. things. Um, so a woman, a woman got kicked off a plane for, from American Airlines, kicking and screaming, and she tells people, I'm Instagram famous. Oh, take it or leave it. If you got to tell people that you're Instagram famous, you're not really Instagram famous. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I, I don't think that if you're a celebrity, that's always the worst when you pull like Do a you name know card. Who I am? Do you know? No, yes. actually, I don't. If I did, I, I, you wouldn't have to tell me. I think the funniest one recently, and maybe it's not that funny, but Marcelo Zuna, remember when he got pulled over and he brought up, like, I'm Marcelo Zuna from The Braves. That's <laughs> just like, that's it. I don't think Here's that the thing. works. Apparently, this lady does have like over a million followers oh, on Instagram. But here's the thing, no. though. That's not famous. But the, And that's the thing. In that's this not famous. Day and age, that's not famous. This day and age, like, I don't think that... These kids these days. <laughs> I, 
sound like a grandma, don't I? I catch myself every Kids once in a these while. Days. I sound like a grandma now, don't I? But it's I do think that like Instagram famous now is a, a different. It's not celebrity status because I feel like there's so many people now that have platforms that have a lot of followers. People pay for followers too. So That's, uh, yes. what, what difference does it make if you got a million followers? Yeah, whatever. it doesn't matter. What do, what do you get from that? And here's a follow up question because I was trying paid. to figure out what what was she even upset about? Who knows? Who did she see something? Did she see a lizard that person? It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay here if you want to. That person is not, not real. I love that you video on that so one? much. Take it or leave it. If that person was real. There'd be an interview with them by oh, now. Take it. Oh, or not. Or Ooh, conspiracy not. theory. Let's put on our tinfoil hats. Would they want <laughs> you to know the truth? Hasn't there Mexico been an interview? Let us know. Oh, Mexico you're talking about those little aliens. aliens. Little, that that little was also aliens. fake. They're little people, that rock, sick. that travel the earth. No, no, they the person, travel the, the world. The person who presented it is a con artist. They travel the world, Rock. Again, he's a con well, artist. What are you talking about, Rock? The man's a con artist. No. Who they told looked, you that? They looked like Where'd you little, get that information they from? Like they were little rocks. The different <laughs> governments <laughs> that have arrested him for being a con man. Then why did they let him present it? Mexico's like, that was not the one weirdest of those thing ever. Because it was, and there was no lead up to it. Like, oh, you know, they're going to have a big announcement. All of a sudden, I look on we social media. And I'm like, Wait, what? what? <laughs> I'm like, and they look like that? Like, what, what are you talking about? What is going on here? At least I wouldn't be afraid. If they were that small, I wouldn't be afraid. You could just punt it, right? Oh, like, yeah. That's, yeah. Get out of my face. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Guys, um, kind of staying on the non-sports path. Yesterday, um, I had an incident with the stairmaster. Oh, what happened? Do um, tell. Well, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> Typically, when you're talking about stairmaster accidents, that's that machine that is obviously stairs, and you're mm-hmm. you're climbing the stairs. It's very intense, great cardio, yes. and I love doing it, and I do it a lot. And so you would think that I would be fine. My balance would be fine. I know how to use this machine. Um, well, before I even get on the thing, I'm like stepping up and I slide down it. Take it or leave it. Everybody in the gym was making fun of me. Oh, I, listen. Because I, CD, it wasn't graceful fault. It was, it was loud, clunky, and I hurt my shin. The person that I I'm am. questionable for the I, rest of the week. I, I, when people fall or walk into doors, <laughs> I make sure they're okay. Yeah. But then I laugh as loud as can be because I, I think it's hilarious. As long as you are able to stand up and walk. And yeah. move at, at, at a normal pace as you were before. I'm gonna laugh. Hey, we should I, laugh at ourselves. Yeah, like, I, was, I, <laughs> I did laugh, and I was looking around. I was like, and surely, like there, were, there was people just staring at me. And then I just had to swallow my pride. And we're talking about being old when I say like kids these days. Kids I felt so days. old in that moment, Carrie, because like usually <laughs> I felt like I could just bounce back from that. I had to like you know just pretend like everything was fine to just pull myself back up pull on the stairmaster. And did I was you, like, I'm in so much look pain right now. To see if anybody was looking. Oh yeah, were yeah. they looking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the stairmaster yeah. one, Brooke did not. Yep, so there you go. There, there you go. Yeah, it happens, man. You, you just got to get back. That's like life. Sometimes you fall off, you get back on, and you yeah. get back up, and you you finish. Sometimes you're duct taped. Yeah. Yep. There you oh, go. There you go. Yeah, I needed some duct tape after. That. <laughs> what do we have on the text line? Take it or leave it. With Eckler, Chubb, Taylor, and Saquon all missing games this season, the star running backs are losing even more value. Ooh. Take it. 
unfortunately. I'm going to take that. Did you see that report about the NFL yes. suing the NFLPA <laughs> yeah. for supposedly running backs faking injuries? Now, I don't think you could fake those injuries that we just no, saw. No, 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 not those. But yeah. I think when I saw that, I thought they were speaking more of what Jonathan Taylor yes. did leading, leading up to him being placed on uh, the pup list and not being able to play. I, I just, I understand it. You just can't put it in a memo. Yeah, that's a conversation in passing. Hey, I'm not telling you to do this, but if you were to do it, you know. Brooke, this one's just for me and you. Uh, take it or leave it. Congratulations to your 2023 AFC North champion, Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> what are we doing here? What, what, don't clap for me, Brooke. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know I'm if I can clap for the Ravens. I'm taking that. You're ridiculous. Uh, taking that. You're ridiculous. Take it to the bank. What are you talking about? What's the about? future bet right now on the, the AFC North the champion? AFC what kind of money North. can we make on the that AFC one? AFC well, North. It's wrapped. right now. The Bengals are 0-2. Yeah. The Browns are 1-1. One one. The Steelers <laughs> are 1-0. And in the AFC North. Oh, okay. In the division. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, we're bro? talking about divisional. We're right there with the Baltimore. Baltimore should be one and zero as well. Who did they play week one? They didn't play one in division. Thing. Yeah, we want to know. But they have Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, and we have T.J. Watt as an edge rusher. <laughs> one of those usually wins a lot more Super Bowls. Which one? The quarterback. They both get paid a lot. <laughs> And if you don't have a tackle to block the edge rusher, it don't matter how good your quarterback is, pal. <laughs> Take it or leave it. This is finally the year the Cowboys are Super Bowl leave contenders. Oh, oh, nah, don't leave that. Okay. But here's the thing. That's fine, Carrie. Because oh, okay. Carrie's going to elaborate on that at 845. Okay. Am I? You are. Okay, so oh, we're going to. Yes, you are. Oh, yes. All right. Well, <laughs> that was very find forceful. find the rundown. That is... <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Okay, there we go. I didn't know that that was the topic. All right. We'll cool. dive. Oh, what a tease that is, though. <laughs> we'll we'll dive more into that it was, later. It wasn't supposed to be as threatening as it was. It sounded, it no, sounded, it was it sounded threatening. threatening. <laughs> you, you have a way about yourself, Rock. Right? I don't know if it's good or bad, but it so, is a way. Some might say a dark cloud. <laughs> negative Nancy was Stop the text it. that we I'm got not in. Negative. Eeyore is another you are, one. You are a realist, people, huh, Rock? I can't believe people legitimately were texting in. Wow, this guy must hate Wayno for what I was trying to when well, I was trying to I like heard. explain. Well, you were trying to explain the way the <laughs> analytics, the analytics and how don't like completely hate him. Regardless of what he did, it didn't matter because analytically it wasn't sound and, well, and it wasn't again, great. Stop using analytics as a projection. You know, and he talked about Mizzou yesterday because he, he talked about a city. win is a win. He talked about city drawing and not yeah. winning. The coach called I, there's a, a theme Brooke, here, right? Brooke, there's a theme. Brooke, the coach called he, doesn't like he, doesn't, he doesn't like the secret either, Brooke, so he doesn't yeah. believe the it. The coach <laughs> called his final timeout after they had gotten no, a first it down. It was Carrie. Can I ask you a question? Carrie. He called the timeout yes. after a first down. I have a question. Yes. Have a question. Their final timeout. Yes. I have a question. Let, let him get it. the question Ooh. in. Yes. So when 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 the game was over, was there a a, a mark next to the W column ooh, or the ooh, L column? Oh, ooh, oh Brooke, yes, Miss Grizzly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a W. Okay, that's all yes. that matters, Matthew. <laughs> Just proud of the Tennessee fan for figuring he, out W's. He, he, oh, 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 you know okay, what? It's right? not nice to take a shot. You didn't even. You weren't even excited about Mizzou winning. Come on, you can't do that. Doesn't mean I can't be excited about Tennessee All losing. Right. Uh, right. Take it or leave it. If Wayno doesn't DH over the final homestand, it is a travesty. Uh, take it. I he's am gonna, gonna he's gonna it. get a DH. He's gonna he's gonna be the DH and bat. You know he's gonna play the whole game. I would love to see that. That would be awesome. Yes. I mean, what what do you have to lose? Are you already losing? They're winning the championships of life. Okay, CD? That, in, that matters. Yeah, it, not in sports. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice guy. Uh, he's just a, he's a super nice guy. That's the worst he's thing you can nice say guy. about an athlete. We say it all the time. How, what do you think about him? He's a good guy. 
He's a really good guy. He's a good person. Can he play? He's a good guy. It's kind of, it's, you know, Brooke, it's becoming a little bit, be it's person? becoming a little Southern in the, oh, bless, bless your, your heart. heart. It's oh, becoming a little, like, he's heart. such a nice guy. Like, oh, damn, he, oh, he's struggling That's like that. You know. He's struggling like that on the field. In the, he's in the a South, nice guy. In the South, when they, when they lead with that, or even put heart. it at the end, that's when you know that it's basically <laughs> just sugarcoating. Yeah. Not good. Verbal finger. Uh, Take it or leave it. Wayno winning 200 games makes him a baseball Hall of Famer. I'll say Cardinals. He's already a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Yes, he's going to be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. That's going to be tough. I mean, people like round numbers. 199 doesn't sound as important as 200, Mm -hmm. even though it's just one win. Definitely not first ballot. Just going to throw that out there. Yes, maybe. Is Yachty a first ballot Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I agree. Um, Albert, hundred percent. No question. I'm gonna take it that Adam is a is a Hall of Famer. I, I, it, it may pitching, take a while. Pitching is tough, and I think it may take a while. Yeah, because you you gave the number. You said thirty uh, NL players 30, ever. Yes, to reach three so hundredth in the National League to reach two hundred, and then hundred twenty second in baseball history. And you would assume that's because. For so long, the NL had the had the pitchers had to bat, and yes. so they may not have had you know. It, it, yeah, I can see I can see Cardinals, and then possibly as you mentioned down the line, there could be that possibility. Uh, Pitching is just so tough yeah. when it comes to the Hall of Fame, and maybe the numbers will shift towards two hundred being that number that yeah that 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 number that Hall of Fame voters are looking for from a pitcher. Yeah, that's true. Anything else, Rock? Yeah, I'm just. I just wanted to to look at it now. Just there's not a ton of guys in the Hall of Fame who do not have Cy Young awards. Ooh, and the ones who that. do have very definitive numbers. Yeah, Nolan Ryan doesn't have a Cy Young. Fairly definitive numbers. Yeah, pretty dang on good. Um, yeah, Kurt Schilling good. finished second place three times. Pretty definitive numbers. And also, if he's What's not a Hall of Famer, there's some other issues that oh, might yeah. be keeping well, him from yeah. that discussion. Anyhow, the bloody. So, I mean, Juan Marichal. <laughs> He's a pretty big name. Mike Messina and Burt Blylevin, who had 287 wins and almost 4,000 strikeouts. That's He's in the Hall of Fame. Took him a long time, yeah. and he does not have a Cy Young. I just wonder if that's... You know, we talk about one number that gets you in. 200 is going to be enough. I think there's also another number there's we're looking at that, that could be stopping him. Yeah. Yes, there's, there's a lot of things, but no doubt... Cardinals Hall of Famer. He does, he does have two th- two twos and a three. No, sorry, two two twos, two twos and two threes in the, in the voting That's, in the Cy Young, which is it's up really there. Good. But again, is it is it going to be enough? That's my big question. And there's and there's other things that factor into this too. And yeah. somebody texted in about if Clayton Kershaw is a Hall of Famer, then Adam Wainwright should be as well. You never know. There's a lot of factors that go into this. <sighs> I mean, that's a that's a weird statement in my opinion. Yeah, Kershaw's got. 50 more wins and two more Cy Youngs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Thank you, Rock. We uh, Coming up next, the car- there's a cautionary tale for Mo and the Cardinals. In- Blues fan. Sorry about that. Oh, there's a cautionary tale for Mo and the Cardinals in Boston. Can the Cardinals avoid the same slide to mediocrity? We'll talk about it next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. Randy Carricker with the day off. And there's an article that just came out about the Red Sox that is uh, very interesting and maybe a cautionary tale to some other Major League Baseball teams. Um, <coughs> Cardinals, maybe. Uh, Steve Buckley of The Athletic. This is a portion where he's discussing the Red Sox and just how mediocre that we've seen them be in recent years. This part is very scathing. The Red Sox don't look like the Red Sox anymore. What with their revolving door of hopeful maybes and hopeless has-beens who take up the remaining space on the roster dotted with a few known commodities. That sounds bad and also maybe a cautionary tale for other teams. You know, like those nursery rhymes when you heard them when you were younger and you're reading those stories and you're like, Jack and Jill went up the hill and then it fell down and you're like, well, that doesn't sound bad. But then when you get older, you're like, oh, these are kind of like threatening cautionary (laughs) nursery rhymes, right? This is almost, I feel like the Red Sox in a way are kind of showcasing maybe to other teams, this is not what you do. Obviously, there was a firing because of this with Bloom and rightfully so because when you trade away a superstar like Mookie Betts, that is a pretty big problem and maybe a reason why the Red Sox haven't been good. But the other thing the Red Sox have done recently is that they haven't really been aggressive in going out and getting those superstars. What does that sound like, Kerry Davis? It sounds sounds like a team that we don't... uh, It sounds like something we don't want to happen here. And and maybe uh, the trading of Paul Goldschmidt would have been sort of on these lines and why they haven't decided to trade him, why they will not decide to trade Nolan Arenado. It, th- this, this, this article also says, also says they don't play like the Red Sox anymore. With what with, what with daily standing state daily standing serving as a reminder that they've become tired, unexciting, middle of the pack outfit. Middle of the pack is the key that, word there. That is that is scathing. That is direct and to the point of of this Red Sox organization. What they were, what they've become. How do you allow yourself to slip to that point? When you are the Boston Red Sox. Exactly. And that's where I hope that this is a cautionary tale for the Cardinals because this is a huge offseason for them. You can't be middle of the pack when it comes to going and getting some starting pitching. Right. You need to go and spend guys. the money. Yep. I'm talking about Aaron Nola. I'm talking about Yamamoto. And BK and Ferrario have been great on the afternoons on really hammering home Yamamoto because he is a star. And we know that the Cardinals are comfortable with Japanese pitchers. We've seen them work with them in the past. And there has been success there so go and spend the big money because you need to absolutely and i think there's one other thing that i i loved about this this take from buckley that i think you could be the cardinals in 2024 because over the last two years pools has left yes. yachty's retired and now wayno is going to be out the door he is talking of course still about the red sox it's become a team without sizzle and mm-hmm. swagger a team mm. without characters a team without the kind of voices that in the old days sometimes sometimes needed to be reined in Again, it's not about the Cardinals, but if that couldn't be written about the Cardinals a year from now pertaining to the lack of voices like Wainwright, Yachty, Matt Holiday, those kind yes. of guys who set a tone in the locker room. And also, again, the big question is because this could easily that could be erased if guys like Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn are allowed to kind of take that center stage. But I think there's a a. a a fair amount of doubt about whether or not that's going to be something the Cardinals organization kind of lets happen naturally. One thing that one of my favorite sayings that Mike Tomlin always said, he has a lot of sayings, a lot of Tomlinisms. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is I'd rather say woe than sick him. 
There and, you go. And when I have to say sick them, I got the wrong group of guys out there. Mm-hmm. I need guys that I got to pull back in and rein in and say, oh, whoa, 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 we're, we're good. Let's let's bring it back a piece. Bring it back a pace. We're, we're going a little too hard. Those are guys you can can control. You can you can dial it back. You can never give a give a guy that oomph to go forward. So yeah. the Cardinals do need a couple of those guys. We talked about it all season long. I think Wilson Contreras is one of those guys. Yep. I think he was uh, one of those horses that you put in the stable and wasn't allowed to get out and and just sprint like he likes to and do what he normally does. The stallion, if you will. Yeah, yes. he was he was not allowed to be himself. But I hope going into next year, going into 2024, he is one of those voices that is loud and boisterous and making sure guys are are fighting their butts off. And, and then you get some of the younger guys that got some flair in Mason Wynn. You got a, a kind of a hard hat guy, hard hat guy in Jordan Walker, who I think is going to show up and has some of that flair as well. Yes, I think we'll be OK. I don't think that we'll be. Uh, in the same mode as what the what the Red Sox are in right now. And the best way to avoid that, don't be middle of the pack when going out to get starters. Go. go and spend the money on the big guys. That's Kerry Davis. Coming up next, we're going to head to the celebrity line to talk to Voice of the Blues for our radio, John Kelly, to talk about, of course, the big discussion today, the Blues' next captain. That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Open Your Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimley. Randy Carricker is out, and we go to the celebrity line and talk to our great friend, blues radio broadcaster, voice of the blues, John Kelly. John, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Kerry. How are you today? We are doing great. I, I'm sure. It, it's got to be like Christmas Christmas Eve for you as, as the season is, a, is approaching. How excited are you for this 2023-24 season? I can't wait. You know, every time you you get to go to training camp, you know, as a player or a fan or a broadcaster, you're excited about the possibilities. I think especially this year, Kerry and Brooke, because the Blues missed the playoffs last year, and it hasn't happened a lot in the last 10 years, as we know, it makes the summer so much longer. Even though, you know, say hypothetically you make the first round and and lose, it's only a difference of, of two more weeks of hockey in the spring, but it seems like two more months. It really does when you miss the playoffs. So I think for for that reason and um, the fact that I love hockey, um, I'm just excited to get going again. Well, John, the Blues announcing yesterday that there's going to be a big press conference where they will name the 24th captain in Blues team history today. So it seems like the front runners, and this is just me assuming, is going to be Braden Shin and Robert Thomas. Can you give me the pros to both of those or either one being the captain? Well, obviously, Shen is a more experienced player and has been around the block, you know, quite a bit more. But they're both Stanley Cup winners. And, you know, Robert is a a young player that the Blues obviously are going to uh, build around. I mean, he's already their number one center ice, but I don't need to tell you guys that. Um, So, you know, do they go with experience or a younger guy? And, um, you know, a a player like Justin Falk, to me, would be in the mix along with Colton Pareko you know, all part of the leadership group from the Blues team last season. So I think the Blues have have good options here, and we'll find out about 1130 today. We understand that being named captain is one of the most important things. It feels like it means it carries more weight in hockey than any other sport. Does that give a guy a little bit more um, pressure when you're named captain of a team? Yeah, you know, I would think so, Kerry. Um, You know, obviously a captain in the NHL, 
you know, you have to, number one, lead by example. To me, that's the biggest job of a captain. Um, you know, you talk about dealing with the media and being a, you know, liaison between the coaching staff and the players. But to me, the biggest thing for a captain, and the Blues have had some outstanding captains over the years, in, including their first captain, Al Arbor, uh, the late great Al Arbor. Um, but you, you've got to lead by example. And, you know, all those players certainly do that. Um, you know, we were talking to Coach Berube last week in a little bit of a sit-down. And, you know, you talk about coaches and uh, their leadership group and things like that. But, you know, Berube said, really, I just rely on a couple of key guys. And obviously one of those is your captain. So, you know, when a coach is upset with a team or, you know, between periods they need to make adjustments, they go through the captain. And that's why it's an important job um, to be that conduit between the coaching staff, as I said. Um, but I think the biggest thing, is, as I said, is, is leadership on the ice. We're speaking with John Kelly, voice of the Blues, TV, TV broadcaster. John, we saw how poorly the Blues played defensively. How tough of a job does Mike Weber have going into this season? Well, I don't think it's just on, on new coach Mike Weber. It's, it's on the entire coaching staff and, and really on the players. Uh, you, you know, Kerry, in hockey, like in a lot of sports, you can't teach the skill. I mean, you can't teach Robert Thomas how to pass the puck. You can't teach Jordan Cairo how to skate, things like that. Obviously, you can improve your skills. Um, but where you can improve is defensively. And to me, it's just a commitment. And really, it's more of a mindset is do you want to work hard and pay the price? And, you know, take a hit to make a play. Make the smart plays at the lines. You know, block shots. Be strong in front of your net. Things like that. And... The Blues were not a good defensive team, as you said, last year. I think everybody who follows the club knows that. So, to me, it's more of a mindset. And, you know, will they change systems and things like that? You know, I think they obviously will tinker and, and, and do different systems and, and try things. Um, but, you know, regardless of the system, you, you still have to be courageous and things like that and, and want to be a better defensive player. So, uh, I think it's changing the mindset more than it is changing the, the systems or the X's and O's. Training camp starting this week for the Blues, of course, very exciting. Is there a player that you think that is somebody to watch outside of the obvious ones right now? Well, Brooke, I think if you look at camp this year, you know, for the most part, you know, the, the 23 jobs are, are locked in. I, I say that, you know, the, the one X factor, it perhaps is a guy like Nick Ritchie. The Blues signed him to a PTO. He's a tough winger who played last year in, in Arizona and Calgary. Actually was traded for his brother at the deadline, of, of all things. But, you know, in talking to Barubi again last week, um, you know, I think that he, what he would like to get back to Brooke and, and carry it, and we saw this obviously in, you know, the 19th season and even 1920, is the Blues have become more of a rush team than, than a dump and chase and a four-checking team. So, you know, hypothetically, if Richie can make the team, you've added a big body in him. You've obviously added Kevin Hayes. You've re-signed Oscar Sundquist. Torpchenko is a tremendous four-checker. So I, I think that the one thing is, can the Blues put together perhaps a fourth line that can get back to that meat-and-potatoes kind of hockey? And, you know, obviously you'd love to score goals on the rush. I mean, those are the, the fun goals, and it gets the fans excited and things like that. But, you know, the DNA of the Blues really is more of a four-check mentality. And I think, you know, I think ideally the Blues would like to get back to that, at least, you know, some aspects of that. 
And a player like Nick Ritchie could be, you know, a wild card here. If he can make the hockey team, we'll find out. John, we are looking at this defensive side of things. You got Nick Letty, Colton Pareko, Tory Krug out with an injury. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Is there any chance that Tyler Tucker gets an opportunity and, and maybe, you know, makes this team and, and shows what he's capable of doing? Oh, I think that T- Tucker has an excellent shot of making the team. Um, I, I think the one player that I'm interested in watching a lot in, in camp is Scott Perunovic, uh, a young defenseman that has had numerous injuries and really hasn't even had a chance to show what he can do. Um, but he's a skilled guy. He's not big, as we know, um, a power play guy. And with Krug out to start camp, you know, Perunovic should get a lot of looks on the power play. And the Blues have their first preseason game Saturday against Arizona. So I think that's something to look for is, you know, can Perunovic make this team and be number one, a primary, you know, a power play specialist. Um, so obviously Tucker's got a really good chance, but, you know, any young player, even though, you know, he had a look last year and, and played a number of games, you know, now the challenge is to be a more consistent player and to play every game. So we'll see what he does, but I certainly liked what I saw from Tucker last year. I know it's too soon to talk about line combinations, but one of my favorite lines that we got You're to see, anyway, of course, right? I'm doing it already because I'm just really excited about hockey season, okay? that's I, I am excited, but one of my favorite line combinations last season is when we saw Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Pavel Buchnevich together with the addition of Kevin Hayes. It seems like you'll be able to do that more. How big is that, that addition of Kevin Hayes to this team? Well, you know, let's not forget that the Blues from last year's team, they lose Achari and Ryan O'Reilly, right? Yeah. I mean, too two really good center icemen. So, you know, now you're set up with, with Thomas and Chen and Kevin Hayes and Sunquist um, on your fourth line if he, they do play in there. Uh, but he's been a versatile guy. He can play up and down the lineup. So I think that's pretty good. So um, I, I like the Cairo-Thomas combination. Um, they're great friends. They have obviously great chemistry. And, you know, historically you want a center iceman that can pass the puck and you want to a winger that can score goals, and certainly Kyrou scored a lot of goals last year. But I think the one challenge when you play Thomas and Kyrou together is that somebody's got to play defense. And that's what I was talking about earlier, a commitment. You know, when you don't have to puck, it's not as fun skating backwards in your own zone as it is skating into the offensive zone with the puck. So I think that's the thing is that those guys have got to become more responsible and better, I say, better two-way players. I mean, let's face it, Thomas and Kyra are going to make their money, and they're making their money because of their offensive production, but that doesn't mean you can just linger around the offensive zone and, and not play defense. So I think that's the biggest challenge when you play those two together. Blues training camp begins this week. John, we'll be looking forward to speaking to you all season, looking forward to seeing a great season from the Blues, and uh, we'll be talking to you from here on out every week. All right. Thanks for joining us. That was Voice of the Blues, John Kelly joining us, talking a little blues hockey. And yeah. I, I think we should be should be a little bit more excited about this season as opposed to last season, how it started off. Uh, please. Oh, let's, hey, let's hold say, on. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, I, I so wish we had the, the way YouTube that he channel. Just, like, he just I, steps into the mic. <laughs> people need to see what we see. You don't have to say anything. The way Body language just... speaks volumes, Rock. I didn't do anything.
everything. You did everything. You got in trouble a lot because you. I know you got in trouble a lot in school. I didn't do anything, and your teachers could see your body language every time something was said. You can't know my thoughts, Gary. Yeah, you can't yeah, punish no. me for yes, thoughts. What is this? <laughs> no, this isn't 1986. <laughs> oh my god! You know what it makes me think of that SNL skit Debbie Downer when everybody's like having a conversation, and all of a sudden, uh, what's the what's the girl that's on SNL that plays Debbie Downer? He knows and then who she, it is. And then she says something, and then it's like, wah, uh, wah. I, I, I can see her face. I don't know. Yeah. Her, I don't know her name. She, yeah, she, uh, she, was in th- she was in 30 Rock with Tina Fey and everybody. Yes, I'm blanking. Yes. I'm, I, I cannot I know remember exactly the actress's <laughs> name. Um, you can text yeah. in while also oh, we try to do We need to find a fighter, too. Yes. So if you text, text in, that in. Text in to 6578. Oh, Lord. 6578. No, oh, where am I at? <laughs> How long have we been away from that text line? Where are you your personal son? No, oh, no is that the, the old, old one? Text line. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were about to drop your... Rachel Dratch. Yes. Text in to 314-399-9646 with your name and the word fighting you could potentially fight me next all right that's next on the opening drive you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers welcome to the fight in the red corner average joe listener and in the blue corner the undisputed king of morning drive please welcome Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. There is no Randy Carricker still in studio today, so that means that it's time for the bearded brain to step up to the mic. He did a great job yesterday, and that's why we're continuing this today. And we welcome in our fighter, Phil, to the fight. Phil, how are you feeling about this? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling a little relieved, I'm not going to lie, but still have a daunting task ahead. Feeling relieved. I don't know. Kerry put up a really good fight yesterday, so it, it sounds like it'll still be tough. Won and the Browns Hopefully lost. Got it out of his way. I don't know. Again, Steelers won and the Browns lost in the last 24 calendar hours. So I mean, there's something coursing through those veins right now. It could be a little tricky. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a life, a lifelong fan. So there you oh, well, go. This will be fun for you. Yeah. Getting a fight against a former Steeler. There you go. All right, you ready to start the fight, Phil? Let's do it. Question number one: TJ Watt became the Steelers' all-time leader in sacks last night. Who did he pass? Was it Kevin Green, Uh-oh. James Harrison, or Joey Porter? Come on, Steeler fan. Oh, man. I mean, my first, I was going to say Harrison right off the bat was my first inclination. Is that what you're going to go with? Yeah, Harrison. Okay. All right. Even though Porter, it might be Porter, but I'm going Harrison. All right. Besides Sam Bradford, who was the only other St. Louis Ram to win Offensive Rookie of the Year in their time in St. Louis? Was that Jerome Bettis, Tory Holt, or Todd Gurley? I'm going to go with Holt. Final answer. Which Cardinal holds the National League record for Rookie RBI? Is it Albert Pujols, Johnny Mines, or J.D. Drew? Oh, is it Drew Poulsa? I'm going to go with Drew. And happy birthday to former first overall pick in STL-born running back Billy Sims. Sims also won the Heisman in his college days with which Big 8 program? Was that Texas A&M, Oklahoma, or Texas? Well, I am an Oklahoma State grad, so my father would kill me because he went to OU, so I have to say OU. 
God, a, a Steeler fan and a Oklahoma a fan, Oklahoma State fan. When I'm asking these questions, how about that? Let's check out these Oklahoma answers. Oklahoma fan, Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State. No, he said he's Oklahoma he's State o- fan. Oh, you said so his Oklahoma dad State. would be mad at him for yeah. getting oh, that I one heard, wrong. I misheard there. Okay, because I'm sure your dad, based on the years, I'm sure your dad was terrorized a few times by <laughs> a certain running back we might have mentioned today in the fight. Let's double check though that answer, and we will bring yes. in Kerry Davis. All right, Phil, how are you feeling after that one? Uh, you know, 50-50 there. Definitely definitely could have gone both ways on a couple of questions. So it, we'll It's see. always a lot more intimidating, like actually doing it live, right? That's that's what I always hear from people is like in your car, you're like, oh, I got this. And then coming on live, it's it feels a lot more intimidating. Yeah, and I got a little extra pressure. I got my son in the car. So. Oh, so you're saying I say have hi. a chance. Oh, here it <laughs> Here's Carrie Davis. Carrie, say hi to Phil, who is a Steelers fan. How oh, you're you're an intelligent man, Phil. How are you doing this morning? How are we doing, doing in Steelers country? We're doing okay? Hey, it's a good day. It is a great day. Phil, how do defense you feel like does, your quarterback? Defense does what defense does in, in, in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? That's what we do. Exactly. That's exactly. Get after the quarterback, score touchdowns. And quarterbacks do what quarterbacks do and hand look, the ball look up. Kind of <laughs> if you are a and Pittsburgh win. Steeler and a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, you know football is based on playing defense and running the ball. Mm. You need no damn quarterback. Run the ball. Exactly. Or, or first run running backs. <laughs> they hand the ball to him. Give him the ball. All right. Block. You ready to take on Phil? I am ready to roll. Question number one. TJ Watt became the Steelers' all time leader in sacks last night. Who did he pass? I should know this. Yes, I feel like should. it's either yes, James Harrison should. or Kevin Green. Oh, is it Debo? Is it Debo? Is it Kevin Green? Let's go James Harrison. Brock, don't be dancing Besides in the corner, like, Sam Bradford, it, it worked out perfectly. Besides <laughs> Sam Bradford, who was the only other St. Louis Ram to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Oh. Ever? Well, in the uh, in the short time they were here, Tory Holt would have to be on that list. I mean, there was nobody after Sam Bradford was drafted. May well, Orlando Pace, they wouldn't give it to an offensive tackle. It's a travesty, but you're right. Um, it would have to be Tory, offensive rookie of the year. No, Marshall. No, he wasn't a rookie. He wasn't a rookie. Let's go, Tory Holt. Not Steven Jackson. Okay, Tory Holt. Question number three. Which Cardinal holds the nationally record for rookie RBI? Which Cardinal? Okay, I'm going to need. I'm going to. I'm going to hope I don't need the lifeline for number four. Let's go. Which Cardinal holds the record for rookie? It's going to be simple, but give me the options, please. Okay. Albert Pools. I knew he was going to be on there. (laughs) Johnny Mize or J.D. Drew? I guess the easy answer would be Albert Pujols. I probably should have just guessed him since I'm going to guess him anyways. (sighs) And I'm going to need the options for question four. Okay, Jeff. Don't say that. Remember, you can't speak into existence. That's the power of the secret. You're correct. Yes. (laughs) We love the secret. That is actually our book of the the show. Our Pujols, final answer. Happy birthday to former first overall pick and STL-born running back Billy Sims. Sims also won the Heisman in his college days with which Big 8 program? Oklahoma. 
See? You seem awfully confident. See? I was very one. confident okay. about that Well, Just because you, you, you know. Because you know. I know football. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> was the confidence in the Billy Sims pick enough for Kerry Davis to get another win and hand it back over to Randy Carricker with some pride and a smile on his face? Or is Phil going to cause Kerry one restless night as he walks off today and into a round two against Randy tomorrow? It was a close one. Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Phil, win, I'm baby. sorry. Kerry got you. He beat you 3-2. to two. It was a close one, although not as close as yesterday when Kerry won the tiebreaker by one. So good job, Phil. You, you kept it close. All right. Good Thanks, job, Phil. guys. Thank you, Phil. And, say, and hi to your son, too, in the car. And, hey. and as you know, Phil, it's, it's hard to go up against a, a, a world champion Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a little tough. Yeah. Let's go through those questions. TJ Watt became the Steelers' all-time leader in sacks last night, passing James Harrison, who he had been tied with coming into the game. Besides Sam Bradford, Todd Gurley is the Ooh. only other St. Louis Ram to win he off didn't even come Rookie to of the Gosh, Year. Uh, Edron James won in 1999. Jerome Bennis won the year before they left Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, but because you threw out Tory Holt, so obviously, oh, uh, okay. Edron James a, a, a pretty big number to lose to. Why? And why did he lose Edron James? Because there was a lot of running the football yeah, to be done in Indianapolis. Yeah, because Marshall Falk was no longer on the yeah. roster. Yeah. And number three, which Cardinal holds the NL record for rookie RBI? You should have guessed it. It was the correct guess. Albert Pujols yeah. with just over a hundred and twenty. And happy birthday to former first overall pick and STL-born Billy Sims. Sims moved to Texas when he was in eighth grade, but he went on to play for Oklahoma, where he would win the Heisman. A three-two win for Kerry Davis. In the fight today again. Thank you so much to Phil there for joining go. the fight back and joining to back the show. You're making Randy it. proud. I appreciate the bearded it. brain in action <laughs> two days straight. So Try that was fantastic. It. Thank Try you, Rakia. If you would have gotten that first one wrong, oh, oh, oh he was, oh look my at, God. that's the thing. Who he was dancing. Like, yeah, it was Kevin Green, James yeah. Harrison, and Joey Porter. Well, I knew Joey wasn't one of them. But I knew Kevin Damn. Green was well, no, no offense to Joey. It just he wasn't. <laughs> he didn't get as many sacks as Kevin Green or or James Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was between them two. Eh. I know, I, and I'm glad it worked out because Rakia was just living he for that. The, that. The I smile on his face. He was hoping. He was hoping. All right, that was the fight. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we are going to take a deeper dive into the Cowboys. I know that we teased it earlier. Do we think that they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's coming up next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio, no Randy Carricker today. He will be back tomorrow. It's time to dive back into some NFL talk because our producer here, Matthew Rocchio, kind of trying to elicit here, I think, maybe some controversy based on this question. Just maybe a little bit. Favorites? Controversy? No. 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 Hold on a second. I try to do a lot of things here. Uh, Very underhanded. uh, Scurrilous. 
I mean, borderline illegal, honestly, if we're being completely honest yeah. about it. But this is this is just honest to goodness, just mm. good old fashioned steak and potato sports talk, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Well, Come and then, on. So then, let me pose this question to you guys. Then that he put here, that's definitely not trying to elicit some sort of crazy response. Favors versus flawed. Which early NFL storyline is more likely to last? The Cowboys as a top pick for the Super Bowl. Or the Bengals not even competing for the AFC North. Hmm. Whoa. Which one is more likely to last? Likely to last. Well, I I, I guess the the I don't know. The, that's a tough question. That's a tough way to put it. When I it is because it's just it. week two, yeah. and so like you're trying with the Cowboys. Are you you know really excited? Do you believe this? Or with the Bengals, do you think we saw them get off to an zero yeah. and two start last season, and that worked out just well which for them? More likely than Kerry? I don't think I, the, I, they, I, they, they both might not. They both neither. might not change. Neither. Well, I would argue that the one that that the the one more likely to uh, ch- to last is going to be the Cowboys as the top pick in the Super Bowl because think, the, because what you referred to earlier in the show, which is the NFC. Might not yeah. be as weak as we thought, but it still does not have the quality across a 17 week base that the AFC has. I like I like what the the um, Cowboys have done first two weeks of the season. I, I think they have done a spectacular job getting after the quarterback, creating turnovers, taking care of the football. If you're Dak Prescott as the quarterback, the concern that I have is I need to see it versus a real offensive line. I think both of those offensive lines, Evan Neal. And the New York Giants, and then you got Beckton for the for the um, New York Jets. They aren't they aren't stout offensive linemen and doing a great job at their position right now. And so I don't know that if what I'm seeing is real gold or if it's fool's gold. I need yeah. to see this Giants team. I mean this this Cowboys team versus a an elite offensive line or at least a decent offensive line. And I think we'll see that in a couple of weeks when they play against the the San Francisco 49ers. I think that's the matchup that everyone is looking yes. forward to. Uh, they play them in week five. They got the Cardinals this week, who are playing better. The Cardinals are, are fighting their butts off, which no one expected. Here it goes, Rock, famously waving us off. They're playing at a the, – the Cardinals are playing hard. They're actually playing harder than I've ever seen them play, than I ever saw them play under Cliff Kingsbury. I didn't see that type of passion. And I think it starts with the quarterback position, Joshua Dobbs. He's doing a, a fantastic job for them. But when you're talking about the the Dallas Cowboys, I just don't see them being an elite team for the entire season. They're playing extremely well right now. Now, the Seattle Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, excuse me, Cincinnati Bengals, I said Seattle, Cincinnati Bengals, they, that's scary to me. This can't be real. Why can't it? It, with it the Cowboys is. or with the no, Bengals? With the Bengals. That's why I, the Bengals. I think for me that's that brings fear because it's an injury. Yes. That's an injury that has been lingering since training camp that has not gotten better, that is continuing. It got better and now it's getting back worse. And so my concern is watching Joe Burrow first two games of the season, you could blame the rain uh versus the, the Browns in that first game. It wasn't good. Wasn't good for either side. But when you watch him in week two versus the Ravens, it still doesn't look good. He's not completing passes. He's Mm -hmm. not able to move in the pocket as we're accustomed to seeing him. And I don't know that he's going to be healthy enough to be able to 
get this thing on the right track for the Bengals. And we talked about earlier, he has dealt with injuries going into the season throughout his career, right? So he had ACL his rookie season, last season abendectomy, and then this past July, as you mentioned there, the calf injury that doesn't seem like it's fully okay, and he has mentioned that recently in some press conferences that it's something that is still hampering him. So that's why I posed that question earlier. If you're the Bengals, do you kind of put him in bubble wrap for a little bit and hope? Because they have a bye week, week seven, so he could miss possibly four games here. And I know that they've gotten off yeah. to an 0-2 start last season, and it worked out fine, but this feels different this you time around. You can't get out to an 0-6 start. You can't get out. I mean, right now they're 0-2, and if you're saying you're going to let him rest until the bye week, they play the Rams this week who are fighting their butts off and, and playing extremely well. The Titans, they play at, in, 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 in uh, Tennessee for that game. We just saw what the Titans were able to do. I now, I don't know that Ryan Tannehill is. You is don't know. You don't know what you're going to get with Tannehill. You don't know. No, you have no idea. You got Joshua Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals. Again, they're fighting their butts off. The Seahawks and then the 49ers. It's not, for me, it's not a, a. It doesn't feel like a schedule that allows you to rest. Yeah. It just doesn't because the, those two teams playing as well as they have been, even though they're not, they're, they're losing. It's not a, a schedule that gives me the idea that I can rest Joe Burrow. If you're going to rest them, and you didn't want to rest them the first two games because they were division rivals. So I don't know where this Bengals team goes. And maybe the they should have, season. you think? Pro- I mean, hindsight being 2020, yeah. They lost anyways. Yeah, they so, did. Yeah, they probably should have, but now here we are. And they are unable to really rest him unless he cannot go. If he can go, he has to go. And so yes. we'll see how, how, how well it turns out for the Bengals. I think the Cowboys being a Super Bowl favorite will last longer than – you know, the Bengals competing in this division. Do you think that, and we discussed this earlier, but I think it's such a big topic with the teams that we're seeing right now and these weird starts that they're getting off to, that this is going to push teams moving forward to push their stars to play in the preseason a little bit more because maybe you could have possibly scouted this out with Joe Burrow a little bit sooner than this, and then you would say, okay, we know that we're going to sit him out the first two games of the season. Well, I, I actually think him not playing was the right thing to do for him because of the injury. I just think they should have carried it a little bit longer into the season. A yeah. couple of more weeks, allowed him to rest, make sure he's fully healthy. And I know he didn't want to. I know you got to play the, the, the Cleveland Browns week one. You want to play that game. That's a division rival. It's your in-state rival. You got the Baltimore Ravens week two. You want to play that game. That's Lamar Jackson. That's Joe Burrow. You feel like you have to play in that game. And you cannot start out 2-0 in your division because the likelihood of you actually winning the division mm-hmm. is is – very low. You got you only get six games in the division, and you've already lost two of them. I don't know how you find a way to win the division, especially if he's injured for the, the majority of the season. And also find that connection with Jamar Chase. And that's why I think that something is weird and off here, because Jamar Chase, that's a target that you have. The O-line retooled. I just think that you should be seeing more from this offense right now. We were all expecting more from Joe Burrow in week two, and you didn't see that, and that's what's concerning about this injury. I drafted him in a couple of weeks. So there's that. Him and Jamar Chase, I thought this would be a I have, great That's who I got, Jamar Chase, in my fantasy football yeah, league, and not, it has not panned out it's well. It's not been great for me. CDs, TDs. I also think the Bengals are, are a stark example for the entire NFL just that when you look at the numbers for these first two weeks, you can't hit week one dry and expect to function like a real NFL football team. When you look at the passing numbers in a league where passing is broken in the first week, 
two weeks of the NFL. It's one of the worst displays of passing offense in the last 25 years of the NFL. In those 25 years, it's only ever gotten easier. I think the Bengals and other teams are, are a great example, Kerry, that you, just, you, you they're not getting – teams are not tuning up to the same way they used to in, during the preseason anymore, and it's noticeable in the first four weeks of the season. It was a big thing last year, and I think the Bengals are a fantastic example of it this year. Well, let me, I'm going to give you a stat because I thought this was interesting. I saw this yesterday. This was prior to last night's game, uh, last night's games with the Steelers and the Browns and the uh, Saints and the, um, and the, and the pa- Panthers. Every team that won this weekend, with the exception of two teams, Seattle and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're the only two teams that won their game without having a team rush for over 100 yards. Every single team this this week two won their game, with the exception of those two, the Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only two that won the game where their team did not rush for over 100 yards. Not a specific running back, but as a team collectively. That tells me you need to run the damn ball mm. if yep. you want to win football games. Now, you can devalue the running back as much as you want to, but if, if 15, 14 other teams, uh, 15 other teams win because they run the football, you probably should do that. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it makes sense. Is I it, think it makes a lot of sense. Easier to pass block when an offensive line hasn't been together very much or easier to run block? It's easier to run the exactly. football. That's, that's, that's no my matter thing. what. And that's, you're going yeah. forward. You know the snap count. It's easier to go forward than backwards if you're an offensive lineman. And if you want to win championships, if you want to win games, you have to run the ball. That's a good point. All right. I don't know if we did we get the point. Uh, Cowboys, no Super Bowl, right? So to, to play well, into Rocky's things, no I think, Super Bowl. I think you have... You're going to have a problem with uh, the other teams. Yeah, with the 49ers specifically. Yeah. And the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're really, even though the Eagles have started out a little slow, uh, I think they'll figure things out. They're going to find a way to get A.J. the Brown the ball because he's, uh, he's been complaining a little bit. Yeah, and you guys uh, miss him over there. Hey, in you know what? If if AJ yeah, Brown doesn't want to stay back. there, the Tennessee Titans back. will gladly take him back, Sorry, right? Yeah. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Well, that's Kerry Davis coming up next. We are going to have the rush hour reset. That's ahead on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Having the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley and Matthew Rocchio. Randy Carricker is out on another golf outing. I'm excursion? Yeah, I like excursion. Excursion. I like that. That's I think he's like word. out about in the town just, you know. Running around. Yeah. Rampant. Just having a good time. Yeah. Enjoying golf. Enjoying life. Enjoying the weather in St. Louis. I said that we need to map out our off days just like he has. Like I, we got we got to we have to have a sick a sit down meeting to figure this out. To get the times that we can uh, <laughs> yeah. get out of here and have some. Yeah, and I got He's figured it out though. Three day weekends mm. are the best. Three day work weeks are even better. Okay, what is better though? Having the Monday off or Friday off? Ooh. That's a tough one, right? That is a t- that, you should text in to 314-399-9646. 314-399. Yo, which is better? Monday off or Friday off? Mm. I think it's Monday. Because then on yeah, because on Sunday there's Monday. no better feeling yeah, than just I think knowing you relax. Let us know. Adam Wainwright picked up his two hundredth win of his career last night in a just a thrilling victory, 1-0 mm-hmm. victory over the Milwaukee Brewers. 
Wilson Contreras with the solo home run to get the lead, to keep the lead, and to allow Adam to get his 200th win. What did that moment, what did you see from last night, and what did you think about that moment? The biggest thing that I saw is Adam Wainwright looking like vintage Wayno. Seven shutout innings for him. You know, we've seen this season that he's been battling, fighting through adversity. I say that because somebody really hated that we were talking about fighting through adversity earlier. To me, this has been a very difficult season for him, and he has talked about that. There has been times this season where it seemed like win number 199 was not going to even be in the realm of possibilities, or even a lot of wins in general, but he's not the only person that went through that. The starting rotation as as a whole really struggled this season. A lot of the guys underperforming. And with Wayno, though, it felt like with this season... The way that things have gone, we I asked the question earlier, when is the last time that you like felt like that there was a big chance for the Cardinals or a big moment for the yeah. Cardinals this season? And I think that this is the closest one. I think even 199 was another example, but it felt like a playoff atmosphere. And having that happen with the way that this season has gone, to me, I think is very exciting. The best fans in baseball living up to their namesake by showing up and the way that it, you could just feel the energy through the TV, right? Yeah. Like you could feel the energy through the TV and it was just such an emotional moment at the end the bullpen coming together with what they were able to do John King and Ryan Helsley I know that sometimes you get a little bit worried, especially this season <laughs> with the bullpen and how that's going to pan out. Ryan Helsley, back-to-back days, you can get concerned, needing to get you know four outs from him, and then you have John King coming in, Jean, and you don't know how exactly maybe that could pan out, but he has been pretty good. But you get worried about the bullpen, and also when you see that you've only had one run, would we have loved some more run support? Yes. Yeah. But a win is a win. Yeah, you you got. I, I felt like there were all the components of a what a playoff victory or playoff environment felt like. You had a one zero lead. You had yeah. a solo home run by Wilson Contreras. You had Adam Wainwright going seven, giving you seven innings, the, the most he's given you in a full calendar year mm-hmm. uh, as a starting pitcher. Did a great job. Got out of that inning. John King comes in, gets a couple of outs, gives up two hits, and then you get Ryan Helsley for the four out save. It felt like. A, a, a playoff moment, a playoff win. If you were looking at Jordan Walker in the outfield, I don't know if you saw yeah, that when he, saw he that, jumped yeah. for joy yeah. when uh, I think Tommy Evan caught that ball. It, it, it felt like all of the components for a playoff victory in a season that is not going great for the St. Louis Cardinals. And so I I was excited about that. I was excited for Wayne Wright because we have we have talked to him week in and week out, and we can mm-hmm. hear at times the dejection in his voice, how, how hard this has been oh, on him yeah. not performing to the level – that he's uh, capable of. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk to him more. I was excited about the win last night and it was great for him for St. Louis Cardinals and for St. Louis. And you could say, you and you're talking about the defense playing behind him. I think it was two double plays behind him last night. So the defense was locked in. Something is, it was like everything that you wish you would have seen more of this yep. season happening last night. You have your starting pitcher, and especially Adam Wainwright, just really locked in seven shutout innings from him, three strikeouts, that working out, the bullpen doing what the bullpen needs to do, what, which what is... What they should do. Yeah, what they should do, <laughs> which is shutting things down and not giving up a lead. But let's talk about it, though. The starting pitcher also doing what he needs to do. Yes. Going into the seventh inning, getting yes. get, getting you to the eighth inning. Yes. Where, where your uh, uh, relievers can come in and not have to get 12 outs. Mm-hmm. They, that makes life a lot easier. Yes. When you only or have inherited the, runners. There so you go. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's... All of these things tie together, and we've talked about it all season. Is it the starting pitcher? It is, is it the relievers? It's both. Mm-hmm. And when you have them both playing at high levels, you win games one to nothing in a way that you should. 
Yes, and I think it was interesting, too, just in the postgame comments, you talk about that camaraderie and the respect that he has. The Brewers standing, did you see that? They were yeah. they waited in the dugout watching everything play out and seeing his teammates' reaction. You saw the video that they had afterwards that the Cardinals put out. You can see it all over social media now of the way that they were celebrating with him. And Wilson Contreras, too, the emotions of that. Think about this. Go to earlier season. All that crap that yeah. happened with Wilson Contreras earlier this season, who was part of a part of that meeting that kind of helped smooth things over. It was Adam Wainwright. Right. Ollie Marmal went to Adam Wainwright to help smooth things over. Jack Flaherty was a part of that conversation. Remember, we talked to Waino about, you know, talking to Wilson, letting him know, pouring into him right. that we do care about him. Right. So then to see Wilson that moment, one, be the hero in the way, providing your only run, but also just the emotions he had afterwards. It was so special to see and this is what Wilson had to say about 200. He's been grinding through this season. I'm really glad that he pitched this year to reach to 200 wins. I've been emotional the whole game. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I felt that to, tonight was a night for him to, to go out here and do his job especially against a good team like the Brewers. And man, just he feels so good that and, and, and I'm proud of him because I know he's, he's doing his best and that showed me how much how much you love this team and how much you love this city. I love the, Wilson Contreras. The emotion, yeah. Yes. Give me, give me a bunch of those guys. Yes. You wear your heart <laughs> yes. on your sleeve, speak your mind, play mm-hmm. baseball in the right way with passion, with fire, excitement, um, and just understand despite all of the things that he's gone through this season, for him to be the one to hit the solo home run, for him to be one to be behind the plate for win number 200 for Adam Wainwright, I think mm-hmm. all of that is just a, a fitting end to, to this season. I know it's not over. We still got some games yeah. left, but a fitting end to how it was supposed to go. And I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy, happy for Adam. And I'm excited about what 2024 will look like. And that is another moment proving that Wilson Contreras, I am glad, so glad he is a Cardinal. Yeah. The way that you can tell he cares about this team so much. And we were talking about it earlier in that Red Sox segment of that article that Buckley did for The Athletic where he was talking about the Red Sox as a team without sizzle and swagger, you mm-hmm. know, a team without characters. Wilson Contreras is a character and a leader and allowing him to do so, allowing him to be passionate, to allow let those emotions fly, I think, is super beneficial for the Cardinals and a personality that they need moving forward and allowing that personality to shine. I'm excited about it. I, I think he is uh, he is what a Cardinal should be, you know, passionate, hardworking, plays the ball, plays baseball the right way, plays it intelligently, plays it hard. And, you know, what the, the, the narrative that was created about him earlier this season by others, not by us, by others. No, we we made that up, right? Because yeah, we, we got a text here talking about the crap you all created, talked oh, about month, uh, daily for a month. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we didn't create it. We didn't create it. 314. We talked about it, yes, because that's our job, but we didn't create the, the narrative. I hate so much now when people, people do the media cop out, the media making yeah. this a big story. Why would you not talk about it? It was absolutely insane. It was, it was, it was like national 30, media talking it, yeah, about it. It was like 30 games into the season. Wilson Contreras, who is your primary catcher, right. all of a sudden is going to be possibly an outfielder or your, or your DH or something like yeah. that. Of course, it would be crazy if people didn't talk about it because guess what, Carrie, they would do? If we didn't talk about it, they say, oh, you guys don't want to talk <laughs> about the truth. Want to talk Media about it. Just You're want to be running friends. away from it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Cardinals got the win, one zero, uh, and Adam Wainwright got two hundred. 
And awesome, that's the biggest awesome, thing. Awesome. Yes, it was. Uh, coming up next, we have our great friend Mike Claiborne joining us on the Celebrity Line. We'll talk a little bit Cardinals. We'll talk some blues hockey and whatever else Claves is into <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah. That's coming up next on the Open and Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. On a roll. Lamp ball hammered down the line. Did he keep it fair? He did. A line drive over. And he watched it roar out of the ballpark. It's 1-0 St. Louis. Fly ball center. Wayno is throw seven. Popped him up. Edmund is out. Adam Wainwright, welcome to the 200 win club. First of all, my wife, Jenny, I love you. My kiddos, I love y'all so much. But I love this city. I love being a St. Louis Cardinal, and I love that I got to play my whole career here. Thank y'all so much for embracing me. I love you. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. No Randy Carricker today. He will be back tomorrow. And that beautiful moment there is finally when Adam Wainwright, Cardinals legend Adam Wainwright, picked up career win number 200. We go to the celebrity line now to talk to Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne. Claibs, what a beautiful moment that was last night. And I loved how you handled the postgame comments with Wayno, where you handed over the mic to him. Just walk us through that. Well, you know, um, well, first of all, thank you. Um, it was it was it was all spur of the moment. There was no script or anything. I just felt like, you know, a lot of times, you know, we do all the asking and they don't have a chance to really talk. So maybe they have something on their mind they'd like to share. And I thought that was the right time to do it. And you know, I think everybody appreciated what he had to say, and it was a good night. It, you know, because this is a high water mark for for the team this year. Uh, you'd have to go back to the years when McGuire was hitting home runs and we weren't going to the playoffs. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what it reminded me of last night, you know, because we won't have anything else to celebrate. I mean, not, nothing else is going on. So um, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> Claves, I was saying that that felt like a, a playoff moment. Like it, the, yeah. the, the, the environment last night felt like a playoff moment. You had a 1-0 lead. You had a starting pitcher going into the seventh inning and your bullpen was able to close it out. That's how this should work. Are we going to be able yeah. to figure that out for 2024? Well, we know we'll be talking about twenty-five sooner than we like to. Uh, you know what, Kerry? It was some. It was somewhere between a no-hitter and a game seven. Mm-hmm. The, the atmosphere last night. I mean, and they played their asses off last night behind us. I mean, you know, Contreras hit the home run, but if you talk about some outstanding defense on the infield last night. Uh, it, it was. It was just. You could just tell everybody turned it up a tick, and and uh, the commitment last night was something that. He came away appreciating. Clays, can we talk about Wilson Contreras? He's the one that hit the solo home run. He's the one that caught the game, uh, you know, caught the game and, and was help, there to help Adam get his 200th win. Just what this season has been for him and really what that moment meant for him because you could tell he was a little bit choked up behind it. Choked up was an understatement, Kerry. Um, before Wayno came out, um, he was he was balling. He, he wouldn't take his mask off. He was balling that so much. Uh, and then when he talked to Jim Hayes, you know, he had to tile himself off and just take a deep breath. And I, I think it just hit him, man. All the things he'd gone through this year, you know, the, the beginning, not getting off to a good start and 
perhaps a potential position change and, you know, the whisper campaign that was going on. And, you know, I think he just felt like he was having his, his ability to contribute this season. And, man, it was a big home run. He's playing in front of his brother. You know, you had that working for you as well. I think the, I think they had the most hits between anybody last night. I think his brother had two, and he, you know, obviously Wilson had the home run. But, yeah, I just think it all kind of, you know, culminated at one time, and uh, it just, the emotions really took him over. I know that you've been a part a lot of a part of a lot of big and special moments. Where does this one rank in your own personal favorites? Gosh, that's, that's you know I was thinking about that last night, and I think for what I do, um, anytime you can interview somebody on the field when you win a World Series, that's that's first because you're you're, you're talking to so many different people. But I have to go back to last year uh, when Albert hit 700 in L.A. Um, I was the only one to talk to him because it was on an Apple TV and he didn't come back out after the game. And I asked, he was in the hallway and I said, hey, can we do this? He said, yeah. And uh, it was, you know, he, he was he was emotional. And I remember that, you know, he kind of kind of hit him, too. And I, I look back and I have a picture. I'm trying to I think it was Chris Tuno or no, it was Taka. Uh, one of our team photographers uh, that, that snapped a photo and sent it to me, and that is just he and I just standing there talking, and uh, that that probably is a high water mark for baseball for sure, uh, along with like as I said, being on the field for a World Series win. Uh, Clay, let's switch gears a little bit and go to the Blues. They start training camp this week. What are your expectations for them for this twenty three twenty four season? Well, you know, Kerry, um, I just don't know. I mean, we, we we have a lot of young people uh, mixed in with some veterans that are trying to figure out just who they are. And, um, you know, some of the distractions are gone. You know, we're not worried about who wants to be traded. Uh, we're not worried about who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, this is a pretty interesting collection of players. Uh, and you obviously hope that some of them step up. You know, I mean – you know, Bennington's got to be good. Pareko's got to be better. Um, and Cruz got to be healthy. I mean, they'll, they'll, just to start off. And I think the other issue is, you know, who who who's going to define the role of goal scorer? You know, that's the other thing. So there's a lot of questions to be asked in this year's training camp. And what do they start on Thursday and start playing games yes. on Friday? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you know, I love it. I mean, it, it, yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, hockey players are in pretty good shape well before training camp starts, okay? That's, that's the one collection of athletes uh, that I have no worry about when it comes to conditioning because these guys really put a lot of work in. I remember one day I'm playing golf with Marshall Falk and uh, the late Jay Randolph Jr. And we're talking about toughest athletes. So Falk's giving me his reason on why he thinks football players are tougher than anybody. You know, we eliminated other sports right off the top. <laughs> and then, I won't mention them, but there's some sports we're like, ah, I don't think so. So anyway, we're going back and forth on what football players can do compared to what hockey players do as far as, you know, playing through injuries and things of that nature. So this goes on for about two holes. And we get to the third hole. He's about to tee off, and he thinks about takes a deep breath. He said, well, they're not tougher than me. How about that? And you know what I said? You know what? You're right. They are tougher than you. You know, before your brethren, I, I couldn't say that, you know, but 
uh, I don't worry about hockey players as far as the, the, the conditioning. Obviously, they want to get the timing right, things of that nature. And, you know, there's nothing like game work. You know, you can do laps all day and all kind of drills, but you have to get out there and get in the game. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun season because we just don't know. Claves, I will give you the answer to who's tougher. I'm not taking a slap shot to the face, so therefore, it's hockey all day. Yeah, man. I'm not laying on the ice and taking a slap shot anywhere. So I'll take on a line linebacker, but I'm not taking on taking on a slap shot. Yeah. Well, you know what? They both they both provide plenty of pop. There they do. Yes. <laughs> well, Claves, just another blues uh, question for you because. They're going to be announcing their captain today, and we will be carrying that press conference later at 1130. You can check in with BK and Ferrario, but who is your pick for the Blues' next captain? Boy, you know, I, I love the way Braden Shin plays the game. You know, uh, here's a guy that's undersized, and, and he's taking on some guys to right or wrong from, from somebody else. Uh, he's tough. He plays hurt. I mean, he's. I just think he's. He's shown me the ability to be a leader by example. Uh, he would probably be my pick. But you know, again, Brooke, you know, this team has so many question marks about who's who. You know, I don't know who. Who you know, they could be just about anybody. I mean, you know, and and the captain thing, the, the role has changed over the years to me. You know, now the captain. You uh, is a guy who scores the most goals or the most talented guy. Doesn't necessarily make him a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen other teams that have guys. The only reason why he's got to see on because he scores a lot of goals doesn't mean he's a great leader, uh, and or he handles the media well. And that and that that has a lot to do with it too. You know, players are more accessible when it comes to talking before and after games, and you know, you want one voice. And a lot of times, especially when you lose. And maybe that's another reason on why they, they select captains. But it, it's changed compared to the guy who was just a hard-out, tough, hard-nosed player who led by example. And he didn't have to be uh, the best player on the team. Claves NFL just finished up week uh, week two, and we've already had two major season-ending injuries. Nick Chubb last night, obviously Aaron Rodgers in week one. What are you seeing from this season, and, and how hard heartbreaking is it to see these guys go down and not even be able to make it to, you know, halfway through the yeah. season? Well, you know what, Kerry, it's even you take it one step further. For that organization, their season is practically over. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. When you lose your best player because this league does not allow you to be able to have ample substitutes to go in and, and hopefully, you know, fill the void. Now obviously there's gonna be a guy on the roster, but he's not on the roster because of you know he's on the roster because they don't have to pay him. Right. Um I, I wish there was some way they could massage that element of the game and make guys more readily available. Now, the next question would be, are there enough good players, you know, to go around? And the answer, I think, might be no. But it's it's tough because, you know, everybody's hinging on Let's face it, Cleveland, Nick Chubb, in my opinion, is one of the three best running backs in the game. Yeah. Okay? If you don't believe me, ask anybody who tries to tackle him. Yep. The first time I saw him when he was with Georgia, and he got the start, I'm trying to think of who the running back was. Was it Gurley? It might have been. I think it was Gurley. Yeah, it was Gurley who was hurt. And he rolled into and Columbia. Sonny Michelle, Missouri. I believe, was there as well. Yeah, they were both. You're right. And he he just steamrolled Missouri that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was making everybody pay the price. Um, but, you know, going back to the original point, it, it's devastating not only to the team, but to the organization, to the city, and everything else. I mean, the, the trickle-down effect, when you lose your best player, and he is their best player, uh, certainly on offense, 
uh, it's, it's hard to recover. And now, granted, I've seen it turn around. You know, the best example is we had a quarterback go down in training camp or in the exhibition season, and Dick Vermeil found another guy, and all of a sudden he, he comes in, and I think everybody knows how that story turned out. So maybe there's somebody like that. And, you know, you can even say the same thing with the quarterback in San Francisco last year. I mean, he had to come in off the street. He was, a, what, the last guy taken in the draft, and he ends up, you know, leading them down the, chart, down the way. So it can happen. It's just harder. It's just much harder. Claves, Howard, have you talked to Howard? I, I'm sure he's just jumping for joy at how well the Cowboys are playing so far. How is he doing? Well, you know what? He's more happy with, he's happy with Mizzou right now. He's yeah, that's it. Yeah. The thicker kicker came yeah. through. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he, he is, he's, he's probably gloating right now. Between the Cowboys and his Tigers, neither have lost. Uh, he's probably feeling pretty good about life right now. That's good. Well, Clay, we <laughs> think. You know, it doesn't happen that often when both both of those moon and stars are aligned properly. Uh, so they it, they it, always break your heart. They always do, unfortunately. Those Mizzou Tigers, you know, they yeah, are what they are. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, we don't expect much from them either. <laughs> Claims, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Are you going to uh, come in sometime? You told me you were going to come in before you're uh... – Yeah, I'm going to come. You know, well, after I have this surgery, I'll come in. Okay. Well, we'll be looking forward right. to you. We'll save a seat well, you for know you. What? I might come in next – well, let me see. Let me see how this thing works. I got to find out what time I have to be there. Maybe I'll come in next Tuesday. Well, we'll be hey, looking forward to Hey, after a hip surgery, they want you walking around, moving yeah. around. Around. It's cold in here, yeah, though, Claves. You got to walk around, move you know. around. So we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, Claves. We'll talk to you next week. All right. You guys take care. Thank you. Thank you. The Blues have an announcement coming up about their captaincy, and we'll see who they actually decide. Ooh. We'll talk about it. We have a few the few choices of our own that yeah, we think, think so. could potentially be captains. We'll talk about it next on the opening drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, obviously, Shen is a more experienced player and has been around the block, you know, quite a bit more. But they're both Stanley Cup winners. And, you know, Robert is a a young player that the Blues obviously are going to uh, build around. I mean, he's already their number one center ice, but I don't need to tell you guys that. Um, so, you know, do they go with experience or a younger guy? And, um, you know, a, a player like Justin Falk, to me, would be in the mix, along with Colton Pareko, you know, all part of the leadership group from the Blues team last season. So I think the Blues have, have good options here, and we'll find out about 1130 today. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio also in studio. No Randy today, but he will be back tomorrow. So as you just heard there, uh, John Kelly talking about possibilities for the Blues next captain. They will be making that announcement today at 1130. There will be a press conference and we'll be carrying that. You can check back in with BK and Ferrario later to hear who will be the Blues 24th captain in team history and I already have my picks. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Who should it be and why? I, and I've I've been saying this, I think it should be Braden Shen. Okay. To me, I think that, that it's the easy answer and it's the one that makes sense. I think that the two that 
in my opinion, are the ones that be, are being talked about the most are Robert Thomas and Braden Shin. Mm-hmm. To me, what jo- John Kelly said there, JK, where he talked about the experience factor, that plays into it. And they have shown time and time again with the Blues that they're fine with giving somebody the C. Because maybe one thing that would be hesitant or why you wouldn't give him the C is that I would say, okay, well, you know how long Robert Thomas is going to be here. Braden Shin, you don't know about that. But then again, the past few t- captains... They didn't have a problem moving them, even after giving them the C. I mean, look at Ryan O'Reilly, Alex Petrangelo. The C, I don't think, necessarily means as much to that, that you're going to have to stay here. I think Robert Thomas is the future. I think that they are preparing him for that role, but they have time. Braden Shin is a leader. I saw that so much. I mean, especially last season, even before that. Think about how many fights has Braden Shin been in for his teammates. If you think about even my favorite was probably 2021 mm-hmm. with Kadri. The way that he's willing to step up for his teammates in many different ways on the ice, but even off the ICD, Braden Shin always made himself available. And sometimes they only give us three players, but I can tell you without a doubt that Braden Shin always made himself the most available to talk to the media. Good, bad game. He was willing to answer the questions, even if it wasn't fun, tough questions, easy questions, whatever. He was always willing to step up and answer those questions. To me, he deserves it. He should be your next captain. Robert Thomas has time. He can be the captain of the future. Well, I I, I think, you know, I think you go with the person that, is the the leader or the one that is most respected by the by the teammates and by the people. I agree with that. I agree with what you said. I thought Robert Thomas has the potential, but I think he's still younger, younger player. Mm-hmm. Brayton Shin is 32 years old, will be 33 soon. And so you're looking at a guy that has won a championship. Both guys have won championships. Yes. But you want the guy that when all the, the chips are down and things are, are not going well, that one voice in that room that you can look to and say, hey, what do we do? I thought Ryan O'Reilly did a fantastic oh, job yeah. last year of really placing, I, to a degree, maybe it was too much because he was shouldering a lot of a the lot. blame for yeah. what took place last year. All of it wasn't his fault, but the fact that as a captain, you understand the importance of that role and willing to speak out in front of people and say, hey, I got to be better. We got to do better. I got to do a better job of getting our guys to play to play and prepare better. I hope that Braden Shin, if he is the captain, or Robert Thomas, whoever that is, does a great job of doing that. It was interesting, though, that J.K. brought up Justin Falk and Colton Pareko. Those were two names. I don't think anybody had... Uh, kind of like had the dark horses. Dark horses, dark yeah. options. They, no one thought that those two could potentially be the name. We won't know who it is for a couple of hours, but what did you think about that? I think that Justin Falk makes a lot of sense. He's somebody that I'd 100% give the A to, and Colm Pareko wore that at last season, and so did Robert Thomas. I think that that shows the strides that Robert Thomas has made in the coach's eyes and also in the locker room as well. Justin Falk is definitely someone, without a doubt, that has a voice in that locker room. He is somebody that is very well respected in the locker room. He he is very I, when he does make himself available for media interviews, which he will. He does not hold anything back, CD. That's I know that that's the kind of player yep. you like too. He does no. not hold anything back. He's fiery. A lot of the guys look to him, and that's why I think too. Just going back to Brandon Shen, he is very well respected in that locker room. He is somebody that works with a lot of the younger players. I think back to even you know with Jake Neighbors when he came up. Like, Braden Shin brought him in. Jake Neighbors lived with Braden Shin briefly. I don't think that they do anymore. But I think that Braden Shin, that is the epitome of a leader. He's worked hard. He's worked towards this. And somebody who stands up for his teammates and is willing to answer a lot of questions. And we've gotten some texts in where people say, why does it matter? 
it does matter because, as you've seen and you know, the captain is the one is the trusted voice mm-hmm. in that room and also the one that the coaches look to to kind of help get their message across to the players. I think the the important thing is, even if you aren't the one with the C on your sweater, the fact that you brought up Justin Falk, the fact that well, J.K. brought up Justin Falk and, and Colton Pareko, we've talked about potentially Robert Thomas. You don't have to have that letter on your jersey, on your sweater, to be captain-like, to do the things that captains are required to do, to hold your teammates accountable, to hold yourself accountable. I'm hoping that this team... Because you got four guys that were named as potentially uh, as potential captains, that those four guys, even if they don't get that letter, are still taking their their role in that in that locker room, saying, "Hey, guys, we have to play better. We have to do better. Mm-hmm. We have to be better." I I hope that that's the case because I think last year there was a fraction in there. It, it just didn't feel like yes. everyone was on the same page from the beginning of the season until uh, I guess midway through where a couple of guys got traded away and, and yeah. they were no longer here. Yeah. So I hope that this season not having those uh, looming uh, free agencies impending and in, 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 in place, I hope that they can go into this season and have a clear mindset. They start last year was rough too because they started other teams were playing mm-hmm. while they were still <laughs> training Trying. camp and yeah. not getting started. Yeah. So hopefully this season they can start out on the right foot and, and you know put some wins together early. And look, and I know that there was some people when I put this out on social media last night, I know I did a poll, others did a poll too discussing this, and it seemed like the majority of people want it to be Braden Shin and think that's the right answer, and Robert Thomas was close behind. And I saw some people saying, well, no, it better not be Robert Thomas. Here's the thing is that I do believe that Robert Thomas has stepped up in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. I think that he has the qualities to be a leader, a leader for this team. I think he's just young. And I think they are, though, prepping him for this role because last season he started making himself a lot more available for interviews. And I know I keep talking about this, but, you know, if there's only three options for post-game interviews, they're going to be sending out the people who they think that represent the team the best. Exactly. <laughs> and will answer the questions. I think sometimes it no, does. That, that's it does you matter. If you send out somebody matter. who, you know, isn't going to. Answer the questions. No, that, no, no, no. That, that great. Sometimes you send out somebody. Who's it does a, matter. Nah, you're gonna send out the guys. It you're does gonna send matter. Out the guys. You're gonna send out at least one guy. You know what? I didn't can, see Torpchenko much yeah. after that one interview. But I, you know, it's it's uh, a <laughs> that's my it's, guy. That's, that's a, my I'm guy. That's you, a, you but that was hilarious. But yeah. and they, of course, they send out the guys who do things specifically in that game. But Robert Thomas was making himself more available. We've mm-hmm. seen this summer. He was even at Adam Wainwright's big league impact event, and I chatted with him briefly there, and he mentioned the fact that he's wanting to get more involved right. and you've seen him he was in the ascension charity classic event he's making himself more available more involved in the community i think that they're prepping him for that role and that's what it seems like is happening i agree that's brooke i'm carrie the blues will have their announcement coming at 11 30 you can check it out here live with the bk and ferrario show yes. they'll be playing it live so we'll we'll all find out at the same time coming up next we got a little rock and roll rock what you got a giveaway going on as well yeah we're giving away tickets to blues and brews and it looks like brooke's gonna be doing a little grab bag giveaway. Oh, yes, what could it be what could it be <laughs> politics sports geography we don't know politics i'm gonna make a little you got u.s you got u.s vice presidents what, what i mean that's that's, that's politics yeah. politics okay. isn't it yeah that was literally what you had last time brooke <laughs> Rock and roll no, is I next. Had capitals. On. Oh, yeah, that's there cool. Oh, sorry. Yeah, capitals. My bad. Jesus. Rock and roll next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
Let's rock. Let's rock today. Welcome back to the opening drive. You can join 101 ESPN for Blues and Brews this Friday evening at Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the blues season at this outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox, plus appearances by blues players, alumni, food trucks, merch, 101 giveaways, and more. Tickets are on sale now, or you can text in to win free tickets to Blues and Brews at 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. Blues and Brews is presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN, 92.3 WIL, and you can get all the details at 101 ESPN.com and if you are the person that can pick the number closest to what Brooke is going to answer on this topic Brooke is selecting she's going through the hat and uh, what do you got there Brooke it is MLS teams. Ooh. <laughs> yes. That was a good MLS one. teams. Okay. Uh, so text in how many you think Brooke will get correct okay, so. on MLS teams. And the obviously close person closest to it. I like to give people I like to give people the full scope well, here so you know what are you guessing it's between. It's 30 seconds, one, by the way, people. It's 30 seconds. And, and, it's, and it's 30 seconds, and the cap here is 29. Because that's how many MLS teams well, there we'll are. Let's see how many you get there. So, but guess okay, between that's, zero that's like a team a and second 20, almost. I'm not I saying you're not bad. No, no Brooke, I'm just saying the guessers need a parameter. Yes, okay. they need so to know why, how many it's, teams it's, okay. there it's why are. I have the, it's why I have the answer sheets so that when we tell people, hey, guess this. Well, for most people, for most of these things, well, there's a parameter. You can only guess between one and, in this example, 29. I'm not saying you got to get all 29. I don't think anyone could get all 29 because the words are too long. Um, and there's a lot of random letters in it. So Okay, let me know when the timer starts because I have to start a timer, here. too. Because I think guess. last time I got freaked out by, like, the 30 seconds. and you didn't like know not how much knowing. time you had left. Yes, and uh, so then I'm like, sense. then, then I'm thinking about the 30 seconds. Don't think about the 30 seconds. You just got to think about naming stuff. Name time doesn't there's matter. There's a time. No, there's time, is, time does not matter. Not time do does not matter. <laughs> name and stuff. Name and stuff, all right? Okay. That's all right. the name all of the right. game here. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. City Go. SC, Nashville SC, Houston Dynamo, Inner Miami, Portland Timbers, New York Red Bulls, uh, LA FC, LA Galaxy, Charlotte FC, Colorado Rapids, uh, Sporting KC. Did I already say that one? No, you're going. Keep going. Chicago Fire. Um, 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 um uh, uh, Portland Timbers. <laughs> it's the Timbers, right? Yep. yep. Nicely done. I, I have, have 13, I have almost 14. half of the league. We'll go with 14. Yeah, I, did 14. I, I thought I might have repeated one. You, I did didn't I count repeat that one. one? Yeah, you did. Oh, you pointed okay. Timbers twice, but you got 14. 14, Brooke, I mean, almost if you entirely count half the league. We give you a full minute. You can get I the whole league. 14. I just tried to, to think about Whoa. like, okay, I think that I think having the timer maybe helped me out a little bit. That was, <laughs> that was freaking nerve wracking. I am shaking right now, guys. And, hey, and, and credit to 636. They guessed it right on the number they were Boom. the fourth guesser in 636 <laughs> six guessed 14 right on the number one of the first Boom. guests we got brooke that was incredible i think you even named some teams that aren't in the western conference that city hasn't played this year I, which honestly look, would be the most impressive part but they look. haven't played new york red bull and that is i think but I you think know the but other city ones, has ties so john you know john he he used to work pr for the new york red bulls 
Oh, he yes, did. Maroni. You're right. I and forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, brought, and brought also, that. just so you guys know, Red Bulls, like their way of playing is very similar in some ways to City SC. Well, that's, where that. Car- that's where Carnell was a coach exactly. as well. Yes. Also, so there's a, there's a lot of that's that's I there's a lot you, of connections. I'll tell you who's City glad SC. they didn't get that one. This guy. <laughs> How many, <laughs> Carrie, how many would you have guessed for yourself City, had you gotten that Dynamo, one? Dynamo, LAFC. I, the Dynamo uh, one. Just because they just played them. I, th- did th- I say Austin FC? Did I miss I don't that think, one? I don't think you said that. Oh, okay. I There's so uh, many yeah. FCs. You did, you did not say FC, and I wasn't gonna, and I wasn't gonna hit you for any of the ones that incorrectly. Like, I don't think actually. I don't think you said no, any that said all of them FC correct. that. I think you actually. I think you actually said Nashville SC, and then you said Charlotte FC, like back to back, which yeah. is. Unbelievably impressive because those stupid but those are FC, the, those FCs, are the newest one. They're, yeah, they're those the newest, newest expansion. Ones, but it's just teams. the fact that you got the SC and the FC part right because you who there's more FCs it. than there are SCs around, when, which makes no sense because uh, these are soccer clubs, not football clubs. It's Major League Soccer. It, it's, but nonetheless, it's football. You, you got a but bunch of these FCs. But that's the that's the thing. As Dude, I remember, that those are the new expansion teams. And so talking about City SC, I can't tell you how many times in TV I had to talk about City SC and the other the, latest expansion you know teams that were going there on. There was a prop bet when this. When this uh, when this popped up as your as your, what you were going to do today on the grab bag giveaway, there was a prop bet um, minus two thirty, and it said, "Will Brooke be able to? Will Brooke name a team that City hasn't played this year?" That prop that prop <laughs> bet did in fact clear <laughs> thanks to the New York Red Bulls. So there yes. we go, Brooke. You hit the prop bet. But like I said, there's there's a lot of connections between City SC and the Red Bulls. So that's uh, that's something I always found really interesting about them. Before Very we well go, been. everybody, I I needed people to hear this. By the way, if you if you've never read or seen any videos with a, with a, a guy by the name of Kevin Clark. He used to work at The Ringer. He recently moved over to Omaha Productions. And if you ever come across a podcast by him, if you're a football fan, do yourself a favor and listen to it. You're going to learn a lot. He recently did an interview with former Miami Dolphins linebacker Channing Crowder, who gave maybe one of the best Nick Saban anecdotes I've ever heard in my entire life. There it goes. He was a dictator. And there's some dictators in the league right now. He was a dictator. He really didn't. People didn't really like him. One time I was in the bathroom with him and I asked him, how's your wife? Because you you can't really connect with Nick Saban. It's, it's Nick Saban. He really doesn't talk to players. I don't think he's called me Channing or Crowder. Two years I played for him, he called me Gator because he remembered when he was at LSU, <laughs> I was in Florida. And he told me he drafted me because I whooped LSU's ass when they were 12-1 and that national championship year. So we're in the bathroom. And I say, I, I come, I go start to wash my hands. I look over to him. I said, I'm going to say something to you. Like, I got to say something to the head coach if I'm standing in the bathroom with him. And I said, Coach, how's Terry? And he turned to me and he said, she'll be a lot better if you can cover an effing back on third down. <laughs> and it made me see how his mind works. I wasn't Channing Crowder. I was MLB1. If you could cover, cover a freaking running back check down, yep. that is the most Nick Saban yep. story I've ever heard. I can respect it. Oh, my yep. God. Meaning I'll be a lot better. Meaning my wife will be a lot better at home if you do your job. My job becomes a little bit easier. Just the most basic, like he's my boss. We're te- you know we're co- technically we work together. I'm just trying to do the the polite thing. Hey, how was your weekend, boss? It didn't last long for old Nikki in uh in Miami though. It was. It was I didn't know where that bathroom is, story was is going. That too, I, I didn't either. Is that too much of a, is that too much of a college coach response, or is, or did, would you have gotten the response from from plenty of good NFL coaches? I don't think. I think it's it's a it's a response of a person that is sick of your stuff. That's what he is. He's sick of watching you on film not doing your job. Also, we. 
I I got a reaction from you when just when I said that this tape included Channing Crowder. I didn't know where it was going, brother. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to have you had have you had run-ins with Channing that make uh, you just immediately go to be so like, oh God, what's no, about to happen here? I was actually in Miami for one week. Okay. And I I with the with the uh, Dolphins. I think Nick Saban brought me down there because I almost uh, ended the career of his first-round draft pick when we played them <laughs> in the preseason. I think he wanted him to get some confidence back. So I, 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 if I ever run into Nick Saban, I'm going to ask him that because I, I was only there for one week. I really almost killed this young man on the sideline running through him. <laughs> He's a first-round draft pick. I forget what school he came from. Tennessee, maybe. I don't know. And but he wanted to chat Wait. with you about it? You ran through Ooh. a first-round draft pick on the Dolphins? Yeah, when I was with the Buccaneers in preseason. What position? Cornerback. Corner or safety, one or the other. Corner. Ooh, I think I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. it was it was mm. bad, Rock. It was it was on their sideline, and it was one of those hits where everybody was like, "Oh, ooh!" Oh, oh, like their stop. their sideline was like, "Oh, oh wait, okay, okay." That one or the kickoff hit? Oh, the kickoff hit. Okay, I mean because of what it meant. Okay, fair enough. Hey, if you don't know, <laughs> was it one of those hits where it just you, you do like the knock the breath out of you? Yeah, not out of me, not out of him. I mean, yeah, yeah but I'm yeah, saying like, sure. did that happen? I think the first thing touches the back of his head. That's when you know mm. it's real. <laughs> what what touches? First that? thing that touches on the ground is the back of their head. Oh damn! That's when it's a real hit. Like their feet don't touch, their back doesn't touch. It's the back of the head. That's bad. The sweetest sound to Carrie's ears in in the world. Music to my ears. (laughs) This has been great. Randy will be back with us tomorrow, so we will be uh, full. We're ready to roll tomorrow. Fully staffed. Fully staffed. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? They can't see our faces. We're lovely, though, in our tuxedos and our. I know. You got your evening gown on, and you look fabulous. So hopefully one day YouTube will. Let us show you all how well-dressed we are. And that'll be the day we don't come fully dressed. How crazy is that? I know. It's weird. The way the world works out sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rock. Great job, Brooke. Coming up next, you got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax. Until tomorrow, St. Louis, we will see you. Have a great day. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.